The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. So, uh, first of all, that's a fucking hell of a ring, sir. Look at that. That's the real deal. I always want to see what one of those like. Holy shit. Fuck, look at the size of his finger. <laughs> Bro, my thumb slides over that like nothing. That's hilarious. If you don't think Vikings were real. Size 18. That's hilarious. That is so fucking big, dude. What's your thumb? I don't know. Your thumb's like a fucking broomstick. That's ridiculous. Fucking giant thumb. <laughs> <laughs> How big were you in high school? Uh, my senior year, I was like six, five. 280 pounds i wrestled i was a heavyweight i wrestled heavyweight so wow did you ever think about doing mma yeah you, yeah did oh, yeah. you well i tr you know i trained i started boxing with henry hoof down in south florida no with, the, shit. with the black zillions i love those guys back in 2011 2012 when i first got into the league and i was training for the combine i was like man i really like i'm really into this mma stuff and i just started doing it and uh like sparring with uh, just like wrestling with uh overeem a little bit Oh so wow! I wrestle with him, keep him against the cage, and you know, just hold, you know, drop to a single, bring him down, you know. And he was like, right. hey, "Wrestle?" You know, I was like, "Yeah, I wrestled, man. I know what I'm doing." <laughs> um, and then I, then I, when I moved to Colorado, like full time training because I used to go to South Florida to train, and I stopped that once I got married. <laughs> you know, so I had to stay in that, and I moved to uh, uh, Trevor Whitman's gym. Oh, that's so I started a great training fucking with Trevor, gym too. Yeah, and Trevor was like, "Hey." you should really think about maybe fighting, you know, because it's like you're 290 pounds and you're moving like this. Imagine a 265. And I was like, dude, I, I'm not doing that. It's just not worth it. Is it not <laughs> worth Well, did you, like, you know, I know you retired from football and um, you're still in the prime of your life. Did you retire because of injuries? Did you decide that you, ha you had enough? Like, <sighs> Yeah, it was a combination of all that. So I had, I had uh, double hip surgeries. I tore the labrums off the bone. Oh Jesus! Um, I'd been my NFL like the injuries I had while I was in the NFL were just out of control, man. Uh, 2013, I bruised my spinal cord. I was paralyzed um, for three hours, and then I played two weeks later. Oh my God! And I how played you, for twelve. How? It was miserable. Every time I got touched, my arms would go numb. Like, and I'm a defensive lineman, so my head's getting hit every play. Holy shit! What was the play that made your spine get bruised? So I was playing like on the end of the line on the right side, and I was playing a cut block. Somebody tried to cut my legs out, so I'm playing a, like sprawled out to play the cut block, and then the fullback hit me on top of the head. Oh! And it did. I was awake. It didn't knock me out. It just like it felt like uh, you know when you sit on a shitter for too long, get up. Yes. Exactly how my whole body felt from the nose down. Oh my god! You must have been terrified. I was scared, but then as soon when I started when I could feel them like touching my toes. Um, I, like a couple hours after it happened, I was in the hospital. That's when I, I just started making jokes and stuff because I knew I was something in my head just said, "You're gonna be fine." <sighs> like I just had a feeling. I had no choice. I was a young kid, 22 years old, 23 years old. Wow. And then uh, 12 weeks later, I was playing good football still somehow. 12 weeks later, I had a seizure, like a bad seizure. It almost killed me. I had to go. I was in a coma for 36 hours. <laughs> so what? What did the seizure come out of a play or did it? No, it's because I wasn't getting fresh blood to my brain because there was a bruise on that spinal right at the base of my brainstem and it never healed. I didn't let it heal. Two weeks isn't going to heal a bruise, you know? Holy shit. It never healed. So I wasn't getting fresh blood to my brain. So I was running on just like pure adrenaline. And how did they clear you to play two weeks later? <laughs> they told me it was a stinger. Oh, God. <laughs> they said it's just a stinger. You're fine. They, well, they said, well, you know, when you uh, have a big warehouse. 
and you flip the lights off, they come right off. But when you turn them on, it takes a while for them to come back on. That's what they told me happened. They're comparing you to a warehouse. Yeah. You're like, hey, motherfucker, I'm a human. That's when I realized, <laughs> man. I was like, they don't care about us. <laughs> no, there's another guy waiting to take your spot. That's what's so crazy. And that's why you have to play. Yeah. That's why guys play hurt and play yeah. banged up. Um, so did you, how much time did you get to train before you went and played two weeks later? Like, how much? I just went straight into practice as soon as the next week. Wow. Right, the next week. Yeah. So one week after you're paralyzed, you're in practice. Yeah. So they tried to keep me in the hospital after that, after, like, after the game and i was like when's the plane leaving and they were like they're getting ready to go to the plane right now it's a preseason game and i was like okay well i'm getting on that plane then so i had him take me from the hospital to the plane Got so a, the doctors wanted to keep and, you in the hospital yeah doctors wanted me to stay but the team doctors were like you're good we can go <laughs> <laughs> team doctors are savages oh my god well they did the x-rays and the mris right away you know and right so that like we went straight to the the er i was on a on a stretcher you know, into an ambulance. They had to bring the ambulance on the field. I couldn't move. I was just stuck in the ground. It was like, it was like I was melted. You know, I couldn't move at all. Every all my muscles were just. It was the weirdest feeling, man. But it, like I said, it started. I was feeling better, but I think I just tricked my brain into thinking like, I was in survival mode. I've been in survival mode since the day I came out of the womb, man. I just like always surviving. You know, just trying to survive through whatever it is that's going on. It's like I disassociate from it and. <laughs> I guess just that's make a it through. Great skill to have if you want to play professional football, right? Well, I don't know if you saw what Deion Sanders just said about um, what he's looking for in a quarterback. He wants two parent home. What's um, <laughs> a two parent home? A three point five GPA, and he wants the complete opposite for a defensive lineman. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want. It's either football or prison, pretty much. <laughs> type of motherfucker is what he wants. <laughs> But if you think about the position and you think about what you guys have to do, it kind of makes sense. You, oh, I mean, you have to be fucking barbaric. Yeah, it is a fucking war in there. You got two, I mean, the way that the size of these offensive linemen now, I mean, they're fucking 350 pounds and there's two of them and they're trying to move you every fucking play. Oh my God. And you better, if you play pussy, you're going to get fucked. That's what I used to, that's what I always say. <laughs> You got yeah. there playing pussy, you're going to get fucked. That's just the way it goes. What is the average lifetime of a career like in the NFL? From two and a half years. Wow. Because at that third year, you get vested. So vested means you get pension and uh, all the benefits that come with that. And most guys don't get there. And most guys don't get there. You know, we, we talk about it with fighting all the time, that a, a, a real elite athlete in his prime has like nine years. You got like that's that's the consensus is there's like nine years at peak performance and yeah. then it's just too much, the wheels fall off, the injuries stack up, you know the the time and training and then sometimes it's enthusiasm too. Guys lose that that fire that made them a savage in the beginning, but football's even worse. I mean, it's even shorter time. Well, it's shorter, but your earnings right, your your earnings you don't get to that you're on a rookie contract for your first four years. So you get drafted and you're on that rookie contract. You make pretty much slotted out the money. You don't if you're not a top ten pick in the in the draft, then you're not really making life changing money. You know, um, I had seven dollars when I got drafted, though. I didn't even have a bank account. <laughs> I didn't have shit. <laughs> I was wow. just a fucking poor ass kid from Ohio. I went to Cincinnati and I lived with Travis and Jason Kelsey. We all lived in the same house. Um, I don't know if you know who those guys are, but uh, Travis is like best tight end in the history of the NFL now. Jason's going to be the best center, both Hall of Famers. Just played against each other in the Super Bowl. 
And then our quarterback went up to Canada and won two Grey Cups. So we got four Super Bowls and two Grey Cups wow. in that house. That's... And we were fuck-ups. <laughs> <laughs> we were fucking idiots. <laughs> but again, don't you kind of want that from – I want football players to be a little reckless. You have to be. Yeah. That's, they, Same we, with fighters. I don't want a fucking Boy Scout. Exactly. When, when John Jones kept getting into trouble and people were like, can you believe what John Jones did? I'm like – John Jones is a wild motherfucker. That's why he's the greatest of all time. Like yep. you, you need an element of psycho. In you have there. to be fucked up. You have to be fucked up. You do. That's just yeah. the way it goes. You got to be a little fucked up to do it. It's is that true with all of them? Is that true? Like you, you've been around the greats. You've been around some amazing players. Like is that true with all of them? No, no. It's all most D linemen, interior defensive linemen. Though they're fucked up. They are. They're just fucking different. Like Aaron Donald is a different motherfucker. He was. I mean, he's going to go down as the best de- defensive tackle to ever do it. But he's fucking wild. Like he's crazy. Do you think he tries to kill people out there? He came in with that, or do I you think, think that also developed over the course of his career? I think it de- it develops over your life, right? I don't know his life story or anything, but most of us have been through some shit, right? You know, and, and it's just you can kind of see it when you meet a guy. He's just fucking different, right? And, yeah, and. I th- when you meet, then you meet guy. I have like Peyton Manning, good friend of mine now. And, you know, we we were teammates for four years, won a, won a Super Bowl together, um, and he still lives in Denver, so we see each other all the time. But like Peyton was like complete opposite. Like he fucking he like controlled the room. Everything he did was like dialed in. Like, it was so dialed and, mo- and so professional. Like he came to work like dressed professionally, right? Defense lineman, we're coming in fucking slides and fucking shorts and right. t-shirts and shit, right? <laughs> He would show up fucking buttoned up with a suitcase or with a briefcase, you know, and we're right to the film room. We're going fucking to the weight room. Right. <laughs> That's where we're going. So it was just a, a different vibe, man. And then, like, uh, DeMarcus Ware, fucking ultimate, like, such a professional. Everything about him was professional. But the great D-linemen that are interior guys, they're usually fucked up. John Randall, you've heard of him? Yes. This guy fucking slept on a fucking dirt floor growing up. Jesus. You think he's not a little fucked up? <laughs> yeah. And then there's the sport itself, which, I mean, just the amount of impacts you guys are taking on oh, a regular basis. Every day. Every day you're getting hit in the fucking forehead. <laughs> every single day. So, like, when someone talks to you about, like, fighting in MMA, you're probably like, I've done enough. I don't want to get kicked and fucking elbowed in the head, punched. Yeah. No. If I was going to do anything, it was going to be boxing. Yeah? Yeah. But, fuck. Because the Klitschko was still the champ, and Trevor was like, you can fucking... You could quote me, quote him on this. He was like, "We could talk a bunch of shit, and fucking get the word out there, get you a couple amateur fights, get you winning a couple fights." And he's like, "In two years, we'll be fighting for a hundred million." <laughs> That's what he told me. Trevor's a wild dude, but he's also a genius. Oh, it's so much. I he took my pass rush game to another level. Like, yeah, really? yeah, because I was good at figuring out angles from wrestling mm-hmm. on people, but he took it to another level of like levels, like taking my levels down. Like, I could bring my level up and get it back down and come out of there with power. So I was just, like, creating angles on guys that they and doing shit they'd never seen. And is um, that from footwork drills? Like- yeah, doing footwork. It was all footwork. Mm. Everything is footwork. It starts with your foot, your feet. Your feet first and your hands will follow. And he would, I mean, he would have me doing, like, switch jabs and shit like that. And I would use that shit on the field. I would switch my feet last second, cross up, and then cross body. Oh. And, then, and then be able to lower my level and be able to accelerate out of that. And it just, like, took my fucking pass rush to another level. That makes sense. You know, if you learn new skills like that, like, you know Vasily Lomachenko? The, yes. The boxer? Yeah. His dad made him do Ukrainian dance for two years. 
made him stop boxing. He's like, look, you're, you're going to be an amazing boxer, but what I really want you to concentrate on is your feet. And now if you watch him fight, have you ever seen him fight? Yeah. See if you can find a Lomachenko yeah. highlight. His footwork is insane. Like he's standing in front of, the, of a guy, and then he'll like switch and throw a jab and circle off to his left and catch him again and circle off to his right. The guy does not know where the fuck he is. Yeah. And how, he's are you, how are you supposed a, to ch- play chess against that? You know what I mean? Because it's a dance out there. Uh, he's such a wizard, man. And that, Look at him. Like oh. his, his footwork came about from, you know, all the stepping. <laughs> oh, like, like a matador. I mean, the fact that he could just stand. Look at that. Look at that. I mean, these angles are insane. And then he lights off punches. He's the most beautiful oh. of any guy I've ever seen in terms of footwork. Because it's like you're really watching him dance. Because of the dance background, like his footwork looks beautiful. I mean, my God. Who fucking moves like him? Look, and that, by guys the way, just put their hands up. They're like, fuck, I don't know what's coming. He's really not a lightweight. You know, he fought Teofimo Lopez and lost, and he's fighting these bigger guys, but he's really like a 130-pounder. That's his real yeah. weight class. And if, if there was big money fights at that weight class and he didn't have to keep going up, he probably, I mean, he's a motherfucker, dude. Probably and that's, wouldn't be beat. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's all from footwork. Yeah, that's where it all starts, man. You're, it's your base. And, yeah, so... What were we? What the fuck were we talking about? We were just talking about <laughs> skills that you picked up training with Trevor. Uh, yeah. You don't want to fight. Yeah, I didn't want to. I just didn't want to do it because I didn't want to get hit in the fucking head anymore. Smart. And then when it came to to stop to be stopping with the NFL, like when I was like I'm done. Um, I played eight years in Denver, which was awesome. Um, but then I dislocated my elbow bad going into a contract year in 2019. I was having my best season in my career. Year eight, balling out, about to get another payday. And uh, it was like a dead play. So the whistle didn't get blown. A couple guys jumped off sides. And the whistle gets blown halfway through the play. So half the, half the fucking field is moving at full speed and half the field's not. Mm. And it's like a fourth and inches play. So I try to make the fucking tackle. And I like slow up and I end up slipping and falling. And I'm going to get up and our 330-pound nose tackle goes to like, he's like running straight at me. And his fucking shin hits me right in the elbow and it goes to the ground. Oh. Dislocated all the way to the fucking ground. I fucking, dude, I was, I'd never been in so much pain. It hurt so fucking, it made me want to throw up. I was throwing up in my mouth because I was grabbing at it and trying to put it back in. Oh. Because I, in 2016, I did that with my right elbow. It came out and I put it right back in and just kept going. <laughs> I mean, that's the fucking, the shit, your fingers get popped out all the time. You just put them in and go. Like, wow. there's no time to fuck around. And I was trying to get it to go in and I could just feel it grinding on the bone, grinding against each other. And it was like making me fucking ill. <laughs> oh. Then they took me in. They took me in the locker room, and I was fucking pissed because I knew it was going to cost me a bunch of money. That elbow deal was going to cost me. I knew it, it could probably cost me twenty million. Oh. Fucking pissed. My own teammate. He didn't mean to. You know, it's not his yeah. fault. But it was like on a dead fucking play. I was losing my shit. I fucking slammed my helmet. I was like, these motherfuckers. Like I was blaming the refs. I'm blaming everybody. <laughs> fucking fucking refs. I'm going to sue the fucking refs. <laughs> <laughs> like what? My turn. Or you know, yeah. Think. And it, here's the other thing. Before games, I was taking microdoses. So I'm microdosed, and I'm at, like, full— You're taking mushrooms? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, before games. So I'm taking mushrooms. That's the Viking in you. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking taking mushrooms and fucking Adderall. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> before what I play. What a combination. Yeah. What is that like? Mushrooms and Adderall. Dude, the fucking focus is out of control. And I would just, like—before games, I would, like, I would, like, get myself pissed off. So I just would start thinking about my childhood, like, the shit that I went through as a kid. Whoa. And they would fucking get me in this rage mode. And I w- it was like this crazy controlled rage. 
so Adderall, mushrooms, and childhood rage. Yeah. All together in a 280-pound savage. <laughs> well, I was like 300 pounds then, you know? Oh, my God. I was like 20 pounds heavier than I am now when I was playing. <sighs> oh, my God. Just fucking such a meathead saying I, I, wild, crazy shit to quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told a guy I was going to fucking eat his kids. And, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> what did he say? He he, did, he didn't say shit. He never talked. I played against this guy twice a year for eight years, and oh, that was in year four that that happened. So four years straight, he never said another word to me. Oh my god! He was like, "This guy's a fucking sicko." <laughs> <laughs> Once I got married and had kids and stuff, though, I like I was like cooled it on saying shit like that. But I just that's what you do, man. It's a fucking right. head game. I'm it's just a head to, game. I'm trying to get in his head. Yeah. A hundred percent. I always try to explain that to people. People go, Conor McGregor's a fucking asshole. The things he says, I'm like, it's part of the game. <clears throat> I mean, it's, yeah, I get it. You don't want to hear those things. I get it. <laughs> I get it, but that that's legal, and that works. It works. It's it's strategy. It's Sun Tzu, Art of War. It's, well, it's, listen to the shit Tyson would say. Oh, my God, and yeah. And that's what happened. That, I was, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I was actually, before I came here, I was down in Nashville with, uh, with Kid Rock, oh, staying, no at, shit. staying at his place, awesome fucking place. He's a great guy. Dude, he's he? the best. Like, his place is amazing. Unreal. His it's pool like hall. the dream place. He's got a fucking church. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> he's got a fucking church. <laughs> it's a, he uses How the about church. The, the White House, dude. It's the most wild shit you've ever the seen. Wild, in life. The wildest shit I've ever seen. And then like I was like, I'm like, Bob, show me around this fucking place. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? We should explain it's to like people what he did. Twenty-seven thousand square feet. Yeah. Fucking. He built a White House. Yeah. Like it looks exactly like the White House, but it's bigger than the actual White House. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. And it's just a party house. It has one bedroom and one guest bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And it's twenty-seven thousand feet, Jamie. You gotta go. Next time we're in Nashville, you gotta go. It's the it's the okay. most. He's got a golden shower, so it's a room, a golden is, toilet, golden is, shower. Yeah, the room is as big as this studio, and it's all the tile on the wall is gold. <laughs> Everything's gold. He's like, get a golden shower. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a giant gold elevator in the middle, like right when you walk in through the front door. And the contractor said to him, he goes. Uh, a lot of people like to hide their elevators. He goes, fuck that. I want people coming over my house going, Kid Rock's got a fucking gold elevator. <laughs> Dude, the, some of the like antiques uh, and shit he's got in there, too. Yeah. Like, he's got the hammer they used to fucking knock down Bin Laden's door. Whoa. He's got that hammer. Whoa. That's like one of his like prized fucking possessions, I think. Oh, he's, no shit. Because he fucking... Like, Is he sure that's really the hammer? Who did he get it from? I don't know. Because that's what I was going to sell somebody a hammer. Like, Bro, this is the one that knocked out <laughs> yeah. Ben Laden's door. Yeah. I think it was a gift. Oh, okay. So I think it was gifted to him by the guy <sighs> that was there and fucking used it, you know? Kid Rock. The, the thing about Kid Rock, too, is he's got so many hits. Like, that guy could tour to the end of time. So he could do something stupid like build a White House. <laughs> Dude, that place is phenomenal. Huge he's gym. Got this, how about that double wide? Yeah, it's amazing. This fucking double wide that's like... A five-star resort in there. And how about the view off of his fucking back porch too? The Nashville, view of, yeah, it's incredible. Beautiful. He's like he's like the highest point in Nashville too. Yeah, no, he's he's living he's a redneck a, dream. But what I was what I was saying is this motherfucker was like, you know, I was telling him about my, you know, my. She was asking me like, you know, where I was from and about my. We were on a duck hunt together, and I was telling him this, and he's like, well, where'd you, you know, who fucking raised you? And I said, you did, motherfucker. Whoa. I was, like, I was raised on Kid Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, fucking <laughs> The Rock. 
Like that's who raised wow. me, Mike Tyson. Like that's the those are the motherfuckers I looked up to. Wow. I didn't have any any other like role model in my life that I could look up to, so I had to look up to those guys and the way they just didn't give a fuck. And I was like, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. So when you were growing up, was your mom around? My mom was an alcoholic and struggled with drugs, and she doesn't know who my dad is. Like has no idea. You think by now, like this motherfucker would just pop up, right? Right. But no. Like, nobody fucking knows who it is. Because she would go on these month-long blackouts. Oh, man. And just be fucking blacked out for a month. And, you know, she was abused as a child, too. You know, she was sexually abused and stuff. So she just kind of didn't break that cycle, right? Didn't break the chain. Then my stepdad was abusive. You know, he would fucking, you know, beat the shit out of You know, that he would beat the shit out of me. Like, for fun. Like, that's what, if he was in a bad mood and I had my fucking mouth open even looking at him. He'd fucking pop my mouth and fucking throw me on the ground, you know, kick oh, me in the stomach man. and shit. Oh, man. Like, you fucking pussy, you know, get up. You know, that's just the way he treated me. But I got to get out of that. I, made, I got out of that situation and broke that cycle. But, like, when people are like, you're fucked up, I'm like, well, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think's going to happen when you fucking treat a kid like that? You know, my mother didn't really show me. I don't know what unconditional love felt like until I had a daughter. Wow. I didn't know what that felt like. And that was, like, the life change. <clears throat> it was so life-changing for me to have... A daughter and to feel what that feels like that unconditional no matter what i'll love you because i didn't know what that felt like never had it so it was wow wow it was intense man my childhood was fucking intense you know like even you know being in, in relationships my wife is so patient with me because like my idea of intimacy was you know my mom i slept in an in the attic you know in this tiny little fucking house and we lived on all these i went to seven different elementary schools we were always getting fucking booted out of the house but when I was, like, really developing, going through puberty, like, what I heard was them fist-fighting each other, throwing each other through walls, and then fucking ten minutes later. Like, that's Ugh. what my idea of intimacy was. So, like, I had to, like, reprogram my brain. How did you do that? Uh, I did a bunch of treatments. Like, you ever heard of EMDR? No. So, it's like, you believe in past lives? I don't not believe. You know, I, I think there's a certain amount of undeniable genetic memory that people have. I think that's probably where things like ophidiophobia uh, and arachnophobia come from, fear of snakes and spiders, because I think that a lot of that probably comes from there's a memory of you either watching someone die from it or you getting bit and surviving, and it gets through the DNA and it gets to people today. Yeah. Because there's certain people that they, for no reason, they'll see a snake and they just fucking freeze. Whereas other people see a snake and it's just like, oh, well, stay the fuck away from that. But it doesn't have that same visceral reaction. The same fear. There's things that people know. Like you know to be scared of big teeth and, and scary things. And I, that's why kids are scared of monsters, right? It's because we grew, we evolved around big cats and things were eating us and wolves. Yeah, saber-toothed tigers yeah. and shit. Yeah, that's, I, I think. Prehistoric animals, man. I think those memories are in our DNA. So I have a feeling we have no idea what kind of information is stored that passes on from your genes yeah like I, one of the things I've noticed about my kids is they have very specific talents that I have very specific and uh, also that like some other members of my family have like my uncle's an amazing artist and I'm always like how much of that is genetic like where's that coming from right like where's this a bit like my my youngest daughter is fucking incredible her artworks amazing like i watch her draw and i'm like jesus christ like she's 12 i'm yeah. like how are you so good like she's like there's there's something i think that kids get from their parents and maybe that is what past lives are and maybe when someone has a seance or some shit 
and and you know they they someone they tell a story about a past life maybe that's in there somewhere like deep deep in that in that dna file code, right? system yeah it's all i mean we could get down the rabbit hole here but it's you know yeah. that dna code we don't know you don't know what the fuck we don't know what's in there like, in how's, there? it's in with animals right like i got a dog he's a, a golden retriever sweetest dog in the world but like if that dog sees shit outside he rolls around in it like he knows to roll around like i don't know what the fuck <laughs> kind of instinct that is but that's like in his system yeah it's a very specific thing you know if he if he sees a squirrel he's it's it's on bitch yeah. like i'm here to kill squirrels you know like it's on <laughs> squirrels and birds yeah, and shit like that he wants to chase them most for him it's squirrels he's a fucking the squirrel killer but well, that's probably, the, I mean, that's the rodents, like small rodents and shit were what wolves were eating back then. You uh, know it must mean? be. Or taken down, like. Because my daughter has a chihuahua. She has this little tiny chihuahua whippet mix. He's the shit. His name is Snoop. He's this tiny little <laughs> fella. And him and Marshall are like best friends. Like, that's a rat. Like the size of a rat. Yeah. Like, how come you want to kill the squirrels, but that that because little knows. dude is your buddy? Because he knows. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, well, it's, it's, it's the same thing it's with, in there. It's the same thing with, uh, like, big dogs and babies, right? Mm-hmm. They just are soft around babies. Like, yep. they just, they, they know. Come, they go slow. Because and, think about that. When yeah. wolves first started coming into little fucking nomad camps, right? Mm-hmm. It, like, we, they were feeding them, and they would keep them safe from the other wolves. Yes. They, it was the first fucking thing they learned was don't touch the fucking kids. Yep. Right, or you get fucking killed. Yep. Right. Yep. So they didn't. T- they were soft and easy with the kids, especially like animals with DNA. floppy ears. Yeah, the ones with the floppy ears, <clears throat> they think that th- that wolves, their ears droop to sort of show submissiveness, and yeah. that's how wolves, when they transition and became dogs over time, they they developed like Labrador ears. Yeah, that's so fucking crazy. The evolution it's wild. of dogs. It's the it's they're so close to us in a way, because uh, they're the same thing. But they look so different, you know. Like you could take uh, like a Great Dane, and is, if you could figure out the logistics, that could fuck a little poodle, right? And then it would make a dog. Yeah. Like how is that? How are those the same animals? You know. And when you see the lab created dogs that they have now, man, it's yeah. wild. But you see someone like Shaquille O'Neal, and then you see like Tina Fey. Yeah. Like they could have kids. Yeah. Like the the size difference, the the way they look is so different. But we're we're a lot like like domesticated animals in that way i guess it makes sense right because humans all came out of africa and they traveled all over the world they had to adapt to all these different climates and that's what caused all those the physical changes in people have you read the book species yes yeah Yeah. that fucking book book. changed my life very very interesting right when you see hear the history of us it's fucking wild that there were seven different species Mm -hmm. they think there's more now they think there's more they keep finding one they found a new one recently they found uh, some DNA of a, a recent human species that is different than any one that they found before. And how old did they think that was? <sighs> I'm not sure. I don't quite remember. But I know they're they're in the neighborhood of there's some of these people that were that used to be humans that were around when modern humans were around. So like, well, yeah. Yeah, so we're like, the pro- we're the final product. We've yeah. are we? Though? I, I don't. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying. Like, <clears throat> I know what you're from saying. The, we killed off all the fucking other ones, right? Yeah. Like you were talking last night about how you have Neanderthal in you, right? Yeah. And it's crazy to think that, like, <laughs> imagine like seeing like an ape and being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have sex with that," you know? Yeah. 
Well, I think people were crazy. I think we were everybody was pretty close back then. I mean, I think when you're dealing with like Neanderthal mating with Homo sapiens, yeah, they didn't look so much different. It wasn't like a gorilla, hairy beasts. You know, hairy beasts with fucking deer skins over their dick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's it is crazy that we got to where we are today, and that. It's wild the evolution of humans. Yeah. Now they're turning into like these fucking super nerds that are just yeah, like fucking genderless. Get on a, yeah, genderless fucking no testosterone. Soy boy fucking It's weird. Out of control, man. It makes me crazy. I, I think that's the future. I I mean, I know it's not so good for you guys like you and I, but I think for the future <laughs> it seems like uh that's where this this race is headed. I think that's why we fight it try to fight it so hard. It's like I think so. I think there's part of it, it goes with against men. Our, everything in our DNA to fucking yeah. be like that. Well, you have this DNA that did evolve through war and conflict and fighting off predators and it gets ignited during a football game or it gets ignited during a fight like and yeah. it's like yeah and you I'm feel glad you alive. Br- I'm glad you brought this up because I was talking about this on another podcast a couple weeks ago and uh, I'm just trying to get my thoughts here and how I explained it. Sports were sports were invented by dudes practicing to hunt. Yeah. Like they're like how can we fucking get ready to go hunt? Or practicing war. Yeah, we're practicing war, we're practicing hunting. Yeah. Like that's what they that's where sports come from. So that's why there's like this deep spiritual connection between battle and sports. Yeah. And hunting. It's all kind of it all kind of goes together. It was a great transition for me to get into bow hunting. I, I was already I bow hunted when I was a kid too, but that was kind of like my escape. You know, football and bow hunting were my escape as a kid. That's where I if I was I if I just stayed in the woods, man. Because if not, I was just a loose fucking cannon. Mm. You never knew what was going to happen out there. I interrupted you earlier. You were talking about past lives. We yeah. got off on a tangent. So yeah. Let's get back to that, and then we'll go to bow hunting. But, yeah. But so, this, so what is this this therapy? It's that a, they use? it's a light treatment. So they do the, it's a series. The way they do the they you like keep your eyes open and you br- do like a breathing series, and then they send these lights across your eyes, and it almost puts you in this trance. Wow. And I was able, and you're being guided pretty. You know, there's like a therapist that's like kind of guiding you through it. Um, dude, at one point I'm like, I'll be totally honest. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm fucking just tears rolling out of my eyes. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, because I was like releasing this trauma that like, cause the body keeps the score, man. So like I was like, I was releasing that trauma. So this, this. light thing and someone's guiding, like, what is it doing to your mind? It like- took me, I was able to go into this. So I was able to go to my young self, to the young Derek. And I was able to like comfort him. Whoa. And, like, it helped me grow as a person because I was stuck in that trauma. Whoa. Stuck there. I was, like, st- I, I couldn't grow. You can't grow unless, like, like I got I had to, like, let him know, like, you're safe. You're It's all good. It's, it shit sounds wild, but it, it's real, man. I really fucking did that. Like, and then we got in, into it deeper because some of, the, some of my, like, frustration in life is not knowing who my father is and knowing my ancestors because that's, like, important to me. So we, like, dug deep. And this is before I ever did any kind of ancestry DNA shit. And... We dug deep into this, into these past lives. And I went, I, it took me into this fucking Viking camp. And I was, dude, it's fucking wild. Like, I'm going to get into it. People are going to like be like, you're fucking nuts. But so I'm telling are you, you under hypno, like, what does it's it like, feel like? It's, are you being hypnotized? It feels you like in, you're in a dream. You're in a dream. I felt like I was in a fucking dream. Are and your it, eyes closed? No, your, your eyes, eyes are open. open. My eyes are open, but like the lights kind of like, you can't see anything but the lights. So your mind is like the only thing that's really working. And you're and you're breathing, and then you can hear this woman, and then like I go into this Viking camp, and I'm there, and I'm like with my my woman, right? And I'm getting ready to go to war. She's like putting me in fucking armor and 
Whoa. Or not armor, but putting my, like, fucking hide, like this wolf hide or something on me, you know? And then I grab my fucking axe and a, and a shield and I go to war. And I'm out there fucking, like, like murdering people out on a fucking battlefield, just going ham, you know? Just fucking axing people and, like, it was crazy. Like, so you felt this? I like... could feel it. I could feel it. It was like I was doing it. And then when I came out of that, when it, when I, well, I was betrayed in this fucking in the dream. I was betrayed by my brother. Whoever my brother was, he, he they betrayed me because they didn't want me to marry this woman because she was like, to them, you know, she was like, they couldn't control me anymore. Whoa. So they, I, so they didn't want me to marry this woman. And I did. And then they fucking had me killed. This was all in, the, in this did I experience. Wait, I wake up because my head was getting chopped off. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what woke me up. Holy shit. <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? Has that ever happened before or since? No. That was no. one time. Yeah, I just did it. I Well, I did like three or four sessions, and like that was the last session. Because I felt like I had found the roots, you know, of like the trauma. Wow. So I fucking... Like I, I, I wonder if that's in there, man. So I mean, that made look, me, I was like, this is fucked up. Oh, I know that the mind, like, I know that your mind, your mind is the most powerful tool you have. So I know that it can play tricks on you too. And like, I watch movies and shit. So like, I was like, this shit could have just came from a movie, right? So I was like, let me do some DNA, fucking Scandinavian all the way through. <laughs> of course, look at you, <laughs> look at you. Dude. We went, I came from Scandinavia. <laughs> we went. My my bloodline goes from Scandinavia. Germany and Ireland, and then straight to fucking Appalachia. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. Holy shit. Just all around Viking. I just, you know, pe people will dismiss that. They'll dismiss it as imagination and dreams and stuff. But I just wonder how much you ca you carry. I mean, you, obviously, some information is transmitted. It's transferred from your genes into your children. There's some that's it. Oh, yeah. Some of it is from them learning, being around Why do you, you think but... they know how to work a fucking phone so, at three years old already? They know how to fucking swipe it and, like, it's, like, they just know. I think that's just easy for those young, pliable minds to learn. You don't they, think, they you know don't think that shit that I don't know. You don't do. think that that's passed down at all? I don't know. I think the technology stuff, like well, why how, are some people good with fucking computers and like, dude, I get a computer and I want to snap it in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I think some of it is probably passed down through the parents. I mean, they think like musical talent, like oftentimes it's, but then you got to go, well, they probably grew up in a musical household too. That probably contributed to it. But what you're, you're talking about is something way more intense and it makes me wonder. I mean, when people do have those past live dreams or I always wonder if that's bullshit like there's always some little kid that can speak German that can tell you a story or they grew up in the during the war and you're like what like you're four yeah like there's a few of those but I never know if those are real stories have you ever read any of those that are like very compelling I've looked into this heavy one time there's a <laughs> there's a guy's a, a doctor a, a, an actual person out of college that's been studying as many cases as he could find about this and I can't remember his name I can look him up He's got the info. And, and what does he say? I think he says it is accurate, but there's levels to it. There's different parts people remember. You can't force the, ch the child to go through it. You kind of just have to like let them say what they remember. And as soon as you start asking things, it freaks them out. Sometimes they start crying. But there's one I remember hearing. He was remembering stuff about this guy, this World War II pilot's friends that he had. He remember he like almost named the ship I think they were on. Whoa. This guy, like he died in a plane crash. He was shot down. He's having all these memories of it, but they went too far with it, I think, is also what happened. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about now. Oh, wow. So there's levels to it, too. But 
I always wonder because I always wonder like how how much is trans. It, it makes sense if these beings want to evolve and learn that you should have the lessons of the people from the past. They should be inside of you in some sort of a way. There's some sort of knowledge that gets transferred to children. It just makes sense. Right. Then that's the case. You're gonna have the most traumatic memories are gonna be burned in there. Mm-hmm. Because you, it's it's. And then, like, even the ones that you experience in life, you bury those in your subconscious. Yeah. Right? So, like, when you're, I think it's what? from okay. This is the doctor, Dr. Now, Ian so Stevenson. It's still going Shit. on. The studies are still going on. Division of Perceptual Studies at Virginia, I think, is where most of the research has been happening. Wow. A lot of, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of studies have gone into it. Some people are bullshitting, obviously. For sure. But there are many cases of people that seem to be not bullshitting. Deathbed visions, a lot of stuff. Various types of extrasensory perceptions, such as telepathy, apparitions, and deathbed visions. After death communications or ADCs, poltergeists, experiences of persons who come close to death and survive, usually called near death experiences, out of body experiences, and children's memories of previous lives. Wow. That's wild. When you get a real scientist that's studying shit like that. Yeah. Because you got to wonder, like, it's so easy to dismiss those things. It's so easy to dismiss it. But the human mind and its just ability to acquire information and store it in there and to, to, to be able to remember things, like, all that is weird enough as it is. I don't think it's that weird that those memories would transfer to children. No, it may, I mean it makes sense to me. It does. Like, what the fuck do I know? You know. Well, you have that. <laughs> you have a memory that's pretty fucking intense that completely makes sense when you look at you. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> so I just fully embraced it, man. I got fucking mm. Odin tattooed all over me, and oh, fucking nice. big Odin, big fucking raven with the Odin sign on my chest and shit. Like I just full I Viking, fucking full went on, went into it, man, and embraced it. So it's given me like a lot of peace, just kind of like. Knowing where you came knowing from. Knowing where I come from, right? Mm. Because I, just, I didn't know what that, I don't know anything. Can you imagine being alive during the Viking times? Oh, fucking savage. Can <sighs> you imagine those We're going to go rape and pillage. We're going to, like, See, think that's about how you that. We're think gonna... about it. I think I'm going to get raped and pillaged. That's what I think. You're thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to rape and pillage. I'm thinking, that's not my role in this. My role is running in the mountains. I have to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I see those bolts pull up. I'm like, oh shit, dude. We imagine, gotta go. Imagine how fucking scary that was. Oh my god, just a, just a fucking Viking boat pulls up. And not just one, probably. Oh, just fucking quite a, a couple few, hundred of them, and probably. they just can't wait to jump off the boat and fucking kill everybody. Oh, and then it's, uh, have you watched that show, Vikings? Yeah, it's, it's great pretty fucking, fucking show. cool. Have you seen The Northman, the movie? Yeah. Woo! Dude, savage. That movie's fucking good. It's fucking good, man. And it's like they really were. It's not modernized in any way. That's what right. I loved about it. Like, there's no two, 2023 person there. It's accurate. Yeah. It's it's That's what you would imagine those people would be like. Everyone's super flawed and fucked up. Yep. And, fucking, fucking crazy, man. It's just a... That final sequence when they fight it out. Like, oh. Holy shit. Holy shit. I loved it. It's a great fucking movie. I love that movie. I mean, but that time in history, what what an amazing time! I mean, it's just it, it, there's s- several times where I wish I could have a time machine and just like just watch. I just want to be there and see what was that really like. Yeah, and the Viking raids would be one of them for sure. I mean, I think about that all the time. I, Steve Rinella actually said something. I think it was on your show when he was talking about like Daniel Boone when he first when he first crossed the uh, Cumberland Gap. Imagine what that was like. You mm. know? 
But imba- yeah. you know, I think about that. But then I go and I think about imagine like discovering fucking Iceland for the first time. Right. Right. Or imagine like seeing that shit, and then yeah. or go, going to Greenland and seeing the fucking volcanoes erupting. Fucking, they got lava pouring out of them and shit. Like and that probably was fucking mind blowing. Wooden boats powered by the wind. <sighs> Just floating across the well, ocean. Well, they used fucking they rowers, too. They had fucking yeah. the whole, like, all those guys fucking rowed. <gasps> Imagine how fucking <gasps> strong they were, and their backs probably hurt like a motherfucker, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. No for sure. miles and days. Yeah, for days. Just eating nothing, really. <sighs> those motherfuckers were savage. Yeah, people back then were just, it's so funny, like, the, the, the hardships that people talk about today. And what and imagine if like they had to hear then. it. Imagine yeah. if you said that to one of these guys, they'd be like, "You fucking pussy." <laughs> Is that a replica or a real one? I think it's a found and then fixed. Oh wow! Because I don't think it stayed in that shape, but I think they put it back together. Yeah, they've had a few of those where they sort of rebuilt them, and I'm like, "That's new wood, though." Look well. at that thing. Imagine that thing just covered with savages, swinging axes. It's- and they're just fucking blood there. They got blood on their faces and shit. And that was a <laughs> normal part of human history. I mean, that was an era. How long did the Vikings last for? Like, how long was that era? They were traveling around fucking everybody up. I mean, it kind of, like, it faded off into... When they, got, when they got to England, they started, like... It, what it was is Christianity. Mm. Christianity, like, kind of... So that was, like, everybody. the... Yeah. 793 to 1066 CE, the period during the Middle Ages when the Norsemen, known as the Vikings, undertook large-scale raidings, colonizing, conquest. Wow. And trading. And trading. So they had a good run. Just go (laughs) steal everybody's shit. Just Just fuck everybody up. How is everybody so big? That's what's crazy. Like, when you see those guys from Iceland, all those world powerlifting champion guys, and, like, like, uh... Like the mountain, Thor. yeah. Like how are they? How's everybody so big over there? I think it's like an ancient DNA. That's, yeah, it has yeah, to be. You know, that's almost gotten lost. It's it's there, man. It's fucking. They say giants. You know, I believe that there was giants walking the earth at one point. There's probably fucking eight foot tall, nine foot tall motherfuckers. They say they were like 20, 30, 20, 30 feet tall. Is that real? Because didn't they say? find a femur bone? It says the average Viking was uh, eight to. 10 centimeters, three to four inches shorter than we are today. The skeletons that are that archaeologists have found revealed that a man around 172 centimeters tall, five foot six, and a woman had an average height of five foot one. Yeah, but that's the, just the people that they killed. Yeah, those are the ones that died. <laughs> those are the skeletons. Yeah, everybody else died in a fire everybody, on a boat. On a boat. Yeah. yeah. If you were a fucking yeah. If you were like, if you you had to die, those are the ones that just didn't die with their sword in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> they just found them stomped to death. Yeah. <laughs> they got, just fucking ran through. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a, that, when they talk about the average. That's funny. So they killed a bunch Stopped of five foot six death. dudes. <laughs> it's like that's all that is. <laughs> like the amount of five foot six dudes that got stomped to death is pretty high. We think they were all pretty short. <laughs> like, <laughs> this obviously that can't be true, because the stories of them all being these giant savages, and then you have the guys in Iceland. You got guys like you. Obviously, they were giant. Yeah. It seems obvious, obvious that the ones who were, like, at the front of the boats, the guys who were raiding, they were giant people. Yeah. And I think I think that, uh, I think that like, the, the water was so much different back then. That glacier drink, milk. That glacier water. Yeah. And they were eating fucking muskox and mm-hmm. fucking uh, Irish elk. Remember the Irish yeah. elk? They were eating shit like that. Yeah. 
So like you're, they were eating just they were just like meat, leaves, and berries, high protein and, and murder, tons, yeah, <laughs> and mushrooms <laughs> and mushrooms. They were and they they did they used to do like ayahuasca. Those Vikings are like really into that. Well, I know they were into mushrooms, right? They and, would yeah. They would take mushrooms before they would go on. That was in the 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 show too. Yeah, the show was great because there was no real good guys. Like the people that they were storming the castle and killing them, they were cunts too. Yeah, so it's like you didn't really mind that they were getting murdered. Well, everybody was <laughs> fucked up back then, right? Like everybody up. was fucking evil. Yeah, you had fucking kings that just owned all the land and would be like, "Nope, you can't eat anything off this land." Yeah, you're gonna starve. That's the real Robin Hood story. Yeah, what Robin Hood was really about was hunting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, that's not that long ago. That's not that it's long not, ago. It's not, no. That's when you crazy. think about how long, like, it's just a little blip. A, bl- a tiny little blip. <laughs> just a fucking blip. Do you uh, ever uh, pay attention to guys like Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson and th- these guys that think that there was a huge reset of civilization? I've heard about the reset, but they, I but they, I'd talk more about that. Cause, uh, they that's think that there was natural disasters, probably comet impacts, around 11,800 years ago. Okay. It reset yep. civilization. It probably knocked us back into the Stone Age. Yeah. And that it makes sense if you think about the, like, when you're talking like 1,000 years ago with the Vikings and 2,000 years ago with the Romans and just how savage and barbaric people were. But yet thousands of years before that, they built the pyramids. Like, how'd they do that? Well, if something happened that like wiped everyone out back down to like just pure savage people that just scratch and claw to stay alive, and then they rebuilt civilization, but you would have the echoes of that barbarism just running through cultures, and that's what we have. Yep. And that's really when you see the Vikings, when you when you you think about the Mongols, you think about the horrific shit that people did to each other just a couple thousand years ago, and then a few thousand years before that, you have this immensely sophisticated civilization in Africa that's building giant stone structures and perfect geometry like what happened what yeah. the fuck happened so, yeah it has to be it has to make sense I, I totally believe in that uh this is what's what's the documentary called uh well the, Graham Hancock's is well, called a, natural catastrophes yeah yeah ancient apocalypse uh, okay, ancient, ancient apocalypse <laughs> ancient apocalypse terrible. Ancient terrible. Ancient he said natural natural catastrophe ancient apocalypse ancient apocalypse ancient apocalypse and Graham's uh is is i think i believe it's seven pieces seven how many parts is it uh hold on actually it's at least four but it's all different. I watched it. It's amazing. It's fucking great. It's amazing. And that, this is what he's pointing out. And archaeologists are very hesitant to get on board with it because they've been lecturing this different narrative for so long. And they've been writing books. And, you know, I mean, they don't want to say they were wrong. But it looks like they were wrong. It looks like the idea of the start of civilization being around 6,000 years ago is a restart of civilization. Yeah. So it has you, to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Because when, when they're finding these structures like Gobekli Tepe and Turkey and, and a lot of the ones they believe in Egypt. Have you been to Egypt? No, I haven't been there yet. Dude. I heard it's insane. I climbed to the center of the Great Pyramid. Yeah? Fucking wild energy in there. Oh, I can imagine. Fucking vibrating. Like, ooh, really? Like it's fucking Like weird. you feel it? Yeah. Or is it just like no, you feel it? You you're freaking almost, out because you you're there? No, you can almost hear it. Really? It's like this weird energy in there, yeah. It doesn't feel like, like it doesn't put off like a bad vibe or anything. It just feels like electric in there. Mm. It's like, what is this, a fucking power station? What is it? I don't know. It's a. They say it's a tomb. Yeah, but that's not real. That can't be real. I don't think that's real. Because Why I, would they spend, so, they wouldn't spend yeah. that much fucking time and manpower. I mean, maybe they would if the king was that much of a baller, but I just don't think that it makes sense. First of all, I don't believe they've ever found uh, like a dead pharaoh inside of one of those things. No. 
I don't think there's any real indication that it's a tomb. And they're like, oh, it's it just got speculation. Robbed. It was robbed. They definitely were. I mean, they they robbed. But why the would shit you take a body? Ooh. They definitely did. I looked into that recently. Remember? Yeah, we were. They, they, they eat them. them. They used to eat them. Yeah. Oh, up until like a hundred years ago, they ate them. Yeah, people would have uh, <laughs> ceremonies like rich people's houses, <laughs> the fuck, and they yeah. would they would unwrap mummies in front of their guests. Yeah, it was like an English thing, right? Uh, even up it sounds like an Illuminati thing. <laughs> it does. Nine, they they would give people ground skull for uh, just like headaches and shit like that. Ground up skull. They ground up mummy was called mum mummia, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mummia, yeah. Jeez. What the fuck? Yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> bro. That call, there's one place that I could go see what the fuck was it like. It would be ancient Egypt. Oh. That would be the number one spot. I'd be like, I gotta say. I gotta say, what were you guys doing? Like, how'd you do this? Well, then, and show me how you, you move a rock. Yeah, well, I think there was water flowing through that area. Well, there definitely was. The Nile River's there. Well, the Nile, yeah, but I'm talking about right next to the pyramid. Like, why do you think that? Because there's no fucking way. If you've ever, there's no way they move that shit through sand. Yeah, they're like, oh, they rolled them on logs, motherfucker. That's sand. Those <laughs> logs are just gonna sink into the sand. Well, it wasn't necessarily sand back then. See, this is the, the crazy thing about the that area, um, is that. Where there, where there's, like the Sahara Desert used to be vast greenlands. Yeah, it used to be like a jungle, and it receded and became a it became this what we see now, all the sand. And Egypt in the early days, like nine thousand BC, I believe, that it they had it was a rainforest. Yeah. So like that same area where now it's just sand and dry, it was like torrential dr downpours all the time. That's one it's of the kind of like Pangea, right? When when the when yes. we had just one continent, it was just a tropical things, uh, a giant giant island. Right? That was a long ass time ago. Though. Yeah, this is not that long ago. But this, when they're talking about the dates of the pyramids, one of the the first uh, pieces of evidence that they discovered was uh, there's a guy named uh, Dr. Robert Schock out of Boston University. He's a geologist, and he was examining the Temple of the Sphinx, and he was like, "This is." water erosion it's like there's thousands of years of rainfall that's caused this yeah. erosion and all the other archaeologists are like there's no way this is impossible because the last time it rained in the nile valley was like 9000 bc <laughs> yeah it's really nuts so that well, means they, it was uh, thousands of years of rainfall before that so that means these things have to be 12,000 15,000 years old 20,000 years old 20, like, it could how be, old are yeah, those 20 that's what the the guide that was with me he was like a local guy you know, that lived there, and um, we kind of just met him hanging out, you know, and he's just like, hey, you want to fucking really learn about this thing? I was like, yes. So oh, wow. He started filling me in on all this. He took me on, like, he took us all around the city, and he was like, listen, these things are so much older. They'll tell you these things are only, like, you know, a couple thousand years old. These things are, like, 15, 20,000 years old. Wow. He's like, and there was water. That, he said there was water that flew through here. And that's how they got, they said they brought these rocks in on boat, by boat. Mm. They brought them in by boat, and then they would roll them up. And they would use elephants and all kinds of other shit to pull them up. I would love to see what they did. And I when wonder. you see the size of these fucking stones, dude. Yeah. Granite and marble and fucking, fuck it. They used to have gold capped on, they yeah. were gold capped on the top. Like and how, smooth limestone. It's, of the whole it, outside it is of the perfectly pyramid. fucking smooth. Like the, Before it, they fucked up the outside of it, because that was all looters. Yeah. That turned the outside all jagged. It used to be smooth. Yeah. What well, a, and then who knows what who knows what that fucking city is built? You know what, what's underneath that city, right? Because what if, was there all, before them? If you want to, if you don't believe that cities are built on top of cities, go to fucking Europe, right? You know, and look and see how every fucking city is built on another one. Yep. Where they came in and then fucking knocked their shit down and built right on top of it. Yep. 
They find that in Mexico City too. Yeah, they're always digging around. They find like Aztec stuff and they have to stop. Yeah, fuck, man. And what was before that? You know? Right. What was before that? Like, when did they start? When did civilization actually start? Was it thirty thousand years ago? Like, when? When was did it they get thousand years yeah. ago? Well, they keep predating modern humans, too. They used to think, or they keep uh, moving the date, rather. They used to think modern humans were like 50,000, 100,000 years old. Now they're getting close to like a million. Yeah. That's fucking... It's a lot of time to learn shit. Well, think, I mean, think about the difference between 100,000 and a million. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about the think difference about how much between the Viking times and now. Yeah. Not that long. Not that long. Like that. Yeah. Electricity changed a lot of shit, too. Once, yeah. Once electricity and the internet... Like, electricity and then combustion engines the internet air travel everything it's like every time some new thing happens everything moves much much faster and who, so who knows what the fuck they figured out back then they i think they had some completely different technology that's what i think had and to i think have. it was wiped out when the comets hit i think yeah i think whatever and they got hammered people, by those fucking comets yeah. man it there's real evidence for it too like real core sample evidence of the earth it shows that the earth got hit during that period of time so it's a, it's a very, very valid theory, but it's one that's a, like mainstream. They don't want to embrace it because they've been teaching in a different way for so long. Well, think about like Atlantis, up. right? Mm -hmm. Like that was like the downfall of Atlantis, right? Was when it was fucking comets hit, and then you then you have like real evidence, like like Pompeii, mm -hmm. where it's fucking like a volcano erupted and just wiped the whole civilization out. Yep, froze people, froze them. Have you gone there? Yeah, it's weird, right? It's fucking creepy. Can you imagine like being there, just chilling, hang, having a good time in Pompeii. And then you see, boom, and just like, a few miles away, shit. like, oh, why are we here? <laughs> what? Why did we build a why city right here? Why did we right build here? right here by a volcano? <laughs> oh. I was, there's, a, there's a thing on Netflix about uh, natural disasters now, and they're talking about a volcano, about like volcanoes and how people are living closer to volcanoes more and more, and that it's a fucking mistake. I think it's like a, mm. I think it's like a billion people or something. Live near volcanoes. Live near volcanoes on the planet, and like all of them are active. Oh. <sighs> Well, how about Hawaii? I love the Big Island, but every time I go to the Big Island, last time I left, it was a volcano the next day. I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah, dude, I don't want anything to do with that shit. That shit freaks oh. me out. They say the steam from that shit will just melt you. <sighs> just melt you. There's a great video of uh, Hawaii. This guy's got his Mustang parked on a street, and the lava just comes down the street and engulfs the Mustang and destroys it. It was like someone's uh, security camera <sighs> caught the footage. Man, I bet that was cool looking. <sighs> It's just scare the fuck lets out you know you. you're not supposed to stop there. No, <laughs> don't live here. That's a bad spot. But if you can get away, here it is. Look at it. This guy's car is parked, and it just makes its way across the street. I mean, this is a residential neighborhood. Well, look if you think like lava. this is how all Earth was made, right? Yeah. It's, look how this it does this. Look how amazing that is. It just completely consumes that car. That car doesn't exist anymore. It just melts everything i mean it just looks so out of place when you see the the sidewalk or the the street and then you see the mailbox and you see this lava flow headed towards that car you're like what, what the, the fuck is happening look at that thing go dude that's amazing just destroy anything and they live there but beautiful place to live yeah <laughs> i think we're going in we're going in like june maybe oh, end yeah? of may early june i'm gonna take the kids and the wife over there have you gone to lanai um no i only went to hawaii once and that was to play oh it's it's a great place to hunt too 
Well, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. I was going to do a little hunting, a little spearfishing, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I haven't done spearfishing, but I heard that's awesome. It's fucking creepy, dude. I hate sharks. <laughs> I fucking hate them, dude. I feel so vulnerable in the water with, when yeah. there's sharks around. It you should. Yeah. It's... Ugh, more than any other animal that I've been around, I've never felt so vulnerable. Yeah, because at least on the ground, you're used to being on the ground. Yeah. Like, you're in the water. That's their world. Yeah. And I have no chance. Yeah, it's, it's not a good spot. Not a good spot to be, but uh, Lanai is an amazing place to hunt. They have uh, so many axis deer. I love eating like, axis too. They're so delicious, and it's like there's an imperative to kill them because there's so many of them. Shark feeding frenzy caught off coast of Lizzie. What, <laughs> dude? That's my worst what? nightmare right there. Is that real? Yeah. Oh my god! For people who are just listening, we're looking at like what fifty sharks. A hundred more. Well, we're gonna see more. more and more sharks because we people. You know, there's like a lot of effort to save sharks now. Yeah. You know, so people don't really kill sharks. So you're going to see more and more of them. So the fishermen were surrounded by a shark feeding frenzy. What, what were they eating? I mean, these guys were probably chumming, right? Yeah. Oh. Probably chumming a little bit, and they got bait in the water. And this is insane. Look how many fucking sharks there are. I've never seen anything like this. You ever seen uh, the videos of the Great Whites that get the dead whales? Yeah. The, the, there'll be like a dead whale floating, and these fucking 20-foot yeah. Great Whites come up and just fucking ah, take, take a huge chunk out, out of it. Them. Take yeah. like three or four chunks out of it, and then they're like, all right, I'm good for a few hours. Yeah. Like, you just ate like fucking 1,000 pounds of meat. <laughs> Sharks are they're so terrifying. That's why I don't surf. I'm like, no. you, you can keep that. I, look like, I don't want to look like a fucking seal. People love it, though. They love it. They tell you about surfing. They said it's the greatest feeling of your life. You, you get up on that board. You're like you're in touch with nature, and you're in the vibe of yeah. the ocean. And those big wave surfers, dude. Those guys are fucking yeah nuts. Yeah, they got hundred real, foot wave. They got real problems. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I, be, I mean, like I've been rocked by a fucking 10, 12 foot wave, you know, and washed in there like a wash, like I was in a dryer. Yeah, no they're, thanks. They're wired different for sure. My buddy Shane Dorian does that shit. I watch videos of him doing it online. He's like a normal dude. You hang out with him, and he's like real chill and mellow and real friendly. And then you watch him on the the surfboard. Like, how the fuck? Look how big that wave is. Like, dude, if that comes down on you, you look you're like a little dead. speck. It looks like a building. Yeah. It looks like you're on a fucking. There's a building falling over. I think part of it, what people like, is like being humbled by nature. Just the, the, the overwhelming sensation of the power of nature. Well, I've been like that's how. Um, that's how I feel when I'm out like elk hunting, when I'm like really backcountry, mm. like way out there, you know, like 12 miles deep, fucking yeah. You're standing up on a ridge and you just look out and it's like, oh fuck, like yeah, I could die out here. It's real. I could really fucking die yeah. out here. If I don't find some fresh water, I'm fucked. It's the real wild. Yeah, I, I love it. When did you first? You, you said you started hunting as a kid. Yeah, my I killed my first uh, whitetail with a bow when I was just about 13. Mm. So that's when I and my stepdad would he was a, he'd like to hunt too every now and then you know he was into it but he would just take me in the woods once a year and fucking sit me under a tree and don't fucking move all right and I'd sit there and freeze <laughs> and he'd go but I got you know just sitting there you'd see fucking deer come close and it was to me it was really cool to see how close I could get to the deer yeah I didn't really like enjoy shooting them with a gun so I just like once I got a bow in my hand I was like oh a full blown addict like right away it's such a different experience isn't it yeah. There's something primal about it. Yeah, it taps into some strange area of your brain. And because it's silent, too, like it's like such a because you're sneaking up, you have to be quiet. There's no boom. Yeah. The boom is like Cam yeah. Haynes has always said that, that the boom of the gun just always felt out of place to him. Yeah. Like you're in the wilderness, everything's peaceful and beautiful and natural and primal. And then boom. And I have nothing against rifle hunters, man. Like, I, there's there's a need for all that shit, but 
dude, I just, the bow hunting, the snap of the bow, mm-hmm. like that, and then the whack of the, and the pop of the lungs popping. Also, also the skill involved <laughs> in just, archery. So you have different. to practice so much. You have to practice so much. It has to be a part of you. You have to just like, in your mind, you have to be able to just like. Yeah, you anchor, the, I yeah. use a nose button, so when I anchor mm-hmm. that nose button, it's like, everything is, you know, like that mountain lion hunt, dude, I, that was the one of the most physically demanding things I've ever done. Really? It so how did this come up. about? This is a mountain lion that was killing people's dogs? Yeah. Well, no. That's the thing. It's not, there was, in that area, dogs get fucking killed by mountain lions all the time. Mm. In Colorado in general. Like, it happens yeah. all the time. Like, up in Boulder, they took a cat from, they took a lion from Boulder and moved it out to, like, Netherland. You mm. lived up in Boulder, so you know what I'm talking about, yeah, like, that Netherland area? My dog got killed by a mountain lion in Right. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard this story. Yeah. So they moved this lion instead of like killing the lion, which is what they should have done. Because once it's used to eating that kind of food, it's not going back to chasing deer and shit. Mm. You know, it's going to go take the easy meal and kill the little dogs. Right, of course. Well, they took that lion and moved it out to Netherland. It killed 15 dogs in 30 days. Jeez. And then they had to kill it. So you have to manage that population. But what happened was Alex is out. He's actually sitting out there right now. Alex called me and was like, hey, we got a fresh snow. You want to come up and, you know, drive up here and, and hunt a lion? I said, yeah, let's go. Uh, so I grabbed my bow and drove up there you know, four in the morning and we just started driving around trying to cut tracks with, with the hounds. Wow. So we're, you know, we're driving, driving, just find a couple smaller tracks. And then we find this big track coming across the, across the road. And we're like, Oh, that's a big fucking line. Um, so we get out and look at, check it out. And he had a fucking mule deer. Just, he just killed this mule deer. Like it was like steaming still wow. under the tree. He had ripped it. You could see its guts all hanging out cause it was eating it and shit. Dude, these fucking things are crazy. Yeah. This giant mule deer four by four full grown under this tree. And then we look and we see it going back and forth from this porch. So it's going from this guy's porch that we're to this, to this kill going back and forth. And that's where it was denned up was under that fucking porch. We didn't see oh it under my there, God. but you can see that that's where he was sleeping. Like that's where he was fucking hanging out. Cause it was easy killing for him, for him. He had dogs and fucking deer and wow. literally any, whatever he wanted to, Cause it's, there's a lot of public, uh, hiking trails that go right up through there. Oh, so, and this is like a dude ranch, right? So, and we knocked on the door and the guy didn't answer. So we were like, fuck. So we called a bunch of different uh, landowners around the area trying to, and neighbors and shit. And we, then we started hearing stories about, oh yeah, last year this lion killed a dog. And uh, what, he's been, har- there's a, there's one that's harassing my dogs now, this woman said. She's like, I won't come out of my house at night. She's like, cause there's like three or four of them running around here. And there's like sheep herds and deer herds and elk herds all through there. So it's like prime lion country. But they have all the food they could want, but when you have one big alpha, he's gonna he literally like hoards all the food and kills kittens. He'll kill kittens to like make sure he gets the food. So killing a big tom is what you want. That's what you want to go after. Big, full, mature tom. Because it's good for the the lion population, it's good for the deer population, it's good for just conservation in general. And in this case it was good for the neighbors because he was being he, he was living imagine a two hundred and twenty pound eight and a half foot lion was it that big yeah that's what you waited at i wait i got it was gutted it i had it gutted and cleaned and it was 173 cape and meat was 173 so i'm guessing with all his blood and, and meat in him and guts it was probably 220 that's that's as big as they get yeah. right that's how i mean it's so, so big and if if you pull the picture look at I mean, the size of that picture holy shit that cat is so big. Look at his fucking paws, dude. That's the first thing that I looked at was his paws and his head. I mean, I dude, it's eleven inches from thumb to on my hand. It's eleven inches from uh, pinky to thumb. So when I put my hand up there and that thing fucking just like it engulfed my hand. Wow. 
That thing's so he could fucking, fucking huge. He could kill you and drag you by your fucking neck out of there, no problem. Right up a tree. Whoop. Right up a fucking tree. You'd be. <laughs> wow. Look how big his head is. That's the biggest cat I've ever seen. I saw a big one in Utah uh, a year ago. It was pretty big. It was under a tree. And uh, we were about 30 yards away in a truck. And uh, my buddy Colton, who I was with, he, he spotted it. We hit the brakes. And, and you see these glowing eyes under this, this tree because it was, like, getting dusk out. And uh, I had my binoculars on, so I'm, like, zooming in on it. It's big old fucking pumpkin head. But it wasn't that big. The one I saw looked like, like 180. 180. That, well, that's a, it's huge. Huge. Regardless. Enormous. Because the average, that's what the CPW told me. The average is, like, you know, 140 to 160 yeah. is, like, the, that's what we normally see. And then For a big mature like dom, and then you get one like that that's in his prime. Like, in his fucking prime. <laughs> eating it, dogs. Eating fucking dogs. It's only a matter of time before he eats a fucking person. Like, yeah. Right? That, yeah. So, so fast forward to us trying to get a hold of this guy that owns his land, right? Because there's a truck in the driveway, but, like, nobody, I didn't want to go up there and bang on his door at 6 right. in the morning, you know? Like, fucking pow, pow, pow. You know, people that live back out there, they don't want to be fucking bothered. Right. You know, so... <laughs> So finally, we two hours go by of us calling people and hearing stories, this and that, and finally we get this guy's fucking standing outside now. So we're like, fuck yeah, now we can drive down, we keep driving to see if that, because there's, there's private and then there's public, so we didn't want to go on this private land without permission, because it's just the way right. you fucking do things, right? Don't be a dick. And so finally he's out there standing, like kind of waving at us. He's like, you guys see these fucking tracks around here? Like, because they went up onto his porch, the tracks go up under his porch, onto his porch, and then across his fucking... Across his uh, backyard and up into the fucking mountains, like straight up a cliff. So we're like, fuck. And he was like, you guys in lion hunting? We're like, yeah. He's like, can you guys go get this one? And we're like, fuck yeah. We tried to get a hold of you for two hours. He's like, oh, was that you guys on the porch? He's like, I thought that was the lion. (laughs) (laughs) He thought a fucking, he's like, that motherfucker, he's like, there's a big fucking lion that keeps looking in my fucking windows at night. Oh my God. Because I have little dogs and cats in there. Oh my God. So this lion is like hunting him and his fucking animals, right? Like. And then the, this this woman, the woman next door that we talked to, she's like, yeah, there's, he's like, she's like, at night I'll look out my window and there'll be a lion just staring into my fucking house. <sighs> a fucking lion. <laughs> I'm not talking about a fucking kitty cat. Like a meow cat, right? He's not fucking purring. He's trying to kill you and eat you. And he's huge. And they kill indiscriminately. Yeah. They'll just kill just to kill because they're cats and they're fucked up. Yeah. Cats are fucking weird and crazy. That's why they torture fucking mice and mm-hmm. don't eat them. They just yeah. torture them to death. Yeah. They're fucked up, man. It's a fucked up animal. I'm so, sure mountain lions probably don't do that because they have to survive a little bit more than regular cats do. But Well, wolves kill indiscriminately, too. Yeah, they do. Well, they, they just do it to practice. Yeah. They surplus kill. Yeah. And bury it. Well, lions will kill and bury their shit, too. Yeah. Just like bears. do. Predators just do that shit, you know? Yeah. Because they, they, it's like in their DNA to store food and then instinctually to save it. Yeah. So they have something to eat later in case it gets cold or something. Like, they can't find anything. So this guy, uh, you get a hold of him. He gives you permission. And then how do you, how how does it go about? So we fucking get out of the truck. You know, I got gaiters on, fucking coat. It's I mean, it just snowed. So it's like two feet of snow on the ground. So, and, it, and we're at like 8,000 feet. And it goes up to 11,000. And then, um, so it's like eight to 11,000 in vertical feet where, you're, where we're hanging out at. So <laughs> we get the dogs on the tracks and they go straight up the fucking hill. First, they go under the porch and sniff around because they're like, this is where the scent's the strongest. He just, they just went straight to the under the porch. So you know he was sleeping under there every night, fucking denned up. Like that scares the fuck out of me. And then he, then he, the dogs get on that track and they're fucking, you know, they just take off. 
and uh, we they got we use GPS. So we but you have to stay with them because if they get those those lions in a fucking in a cave, the lion will kill every dog that you got. They'll just kill them all. So you got to fucking try to stay with the dogs. And Alex is like, all right, and he's like a fucking mountain goat, right? He's just fucking straight up the mountain, right? I'm slipping and sliding the whole way up. So I just said, fucking, I'm gonna crawl. So I got my bow in one hand, packing the fucking leashes and some water in my other and on my back, and I'm just crawling. Just crawl straight up this fucking mountain. And we get up there and I'm thinking, hopefully I please have him treat up here. Nope. They were fucking two miles that way already. It took me like an hour and a half to get up that hill. And I just slid down the other side, fucking straight down into this drainage where they they went and walked crawled up through this drainage because the snow was like fucking up to my chest it felt like could barely walk through it and then i go <laughs> alex is calling me because he's way ahead of me now he calls me he goes hey where the fuck are you at and i was like i was like dude i'm fucking so far behind you like i, I can't even i'm moving so so slow through this shit and he was like well hurry up we got him and i was like oh fuck i was like i can't even hear the hounds i can't hear him so, so how far away is he of like two miles mile and a half oh my god but it's like, oh, but to get to him, I had to go up, straight back up to 11,000 feet, follow his tracks, and then drop down on him. Oh, wow. Well, here's where I fucked up. He sent me, like, the pin. He sent me the pin where he was, and I was like, all right, I'm coming straight to you. He's like, come straight to the pin. I said, okay. Instead of following his tracks like I should have, I went straight to the fucking pin. So I'm, like, side-hilling, and I'm telling you, this shit's straight up and down. It's rocky and slippery. You can't fucking post-hole into it. You're just sliding falling the whole way. Like, my fucking pants are all ripped up. I'm, dude, I'm cramping my hamstrings, quads, my rib cage, my forearms and shit. I'm cramping bad. So I got to the point where I couldn't even fucking walk without just locking up. So I just crawled. And I dropped down. I'm on the fucking road. And I'm like, I call him. He's like, where the fuck are you at? We're going to lose this lion. And I was like, I'm on the road now. And he was like, oh, no. He's like, you got to climb back up. I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, I'll be there. And he was like, you're never making it up here. I said, watch me, motherfucker. And I, so I did. I fucking crawled all the way up through there. And the shit I was climbing and crawling, like, I, it was sketchy, man. If I, if you, if I fell and rolled down through that shit, it was going to kill me probably. Like, it, I probably, I'd be fucked up, break a leg. A lot of shit can happen to you up there. So I just kept crawling and made it. It took me, it was only 900 yards that I had to go. So he was at, I was at like, I had a, it was like a probably 800 feet vertically that I had to go. But it was like two feet of snow, slippery as hell, with a bow, fucking crawling and cramping. So I get to him, and I'm laying there under the tree at one point, and I look up, and there's the lion right above me. And he's sitting there looking at me, and his fucking teeth are out, and he's like, ah, like doing that Holy shit. Holy shit. And he's only like 20 feet from me, and I'm just like, I'm so exhausted that I'm like, I'm dead if he fucking falls on me. So I have like a knife right here on my packs just in case, <laughs> you know, just in case that fucker <laughs> falls out of the tree. Cause that branch could snap at any time. You know, he's on a shitty fucking branch like this. I was like, this don't look fucking, this is sketchy. He said, Alex goes, hurry up, bud. You got to get up here. And I was like, I'm coming motherfucker. And you, there's a video of me on my uh, Instagram. You can see me um, fucking like I get up and he's taking a video of me. I'm, I look like Rob Zombie. I'm fucking dead. You know, my face is pale white. My dreads are all fucking hanging out. And, uh, and he's like, and I just shake my head at him and, and stand up there. And, and that's where that fucking training comes in with the bow. Cause I do this fucking crazy high intensity training in my in my basement, and then I pull my bow out when my heart rate heart rates at like 160, 170, mm. and fucking just you know shooting dimes. Really? So, so I you get practice up, doing it that way. I practice doing it that way, but I'd never sh- the one thing I never practiced was shooting at that angle. Mm. Right. So yeah. I was like, this is gonna be a little different. I'm gonna have to cam the. You're on a, all this shit. You have to cam do all this shit to make a good shot. Cause I'm shooting them in the chest. 
Right. So I'm like, I'm he's facing me. And dude, the look on this fucking lion's eyes, he's like staring through my soul, this fucker. And I was like, dude, it's over for you, bud. The fucking days are numbered. <laughs> I fucking sent one right through his chest, man. It was a perfect shot. Um, at, at like to me, I was at one point I was like down below and I said, Can I shoot him from here? And he was like, Fuck no, he's gonna land on you. And I was like, oh, that would be fucking kind of, <laughs> That'd be a problem. Kind of intense. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess I'll make it up there. He's still only like 40 yards, but 40 yards is, might as well be a fucking half a mile in, in that kind of, you know, wow. when, you're in that, when you're in that, like, dude, I shot that. When I released that arrow, I just fucking pff, fell, like just sat down. I just was like, fuck, this was, mi-. I said, now we got to get him out. Now I got to get this fucking thing out of here. Right. So he died quick, right? He he didn't run anywhere. He just was basically under the tree where I shot him, laying there. And uh, we walked up to him, and well, I say walked up, I crawled backwards down the hill to him, and uh, I was like, "Holy fucking! I can't believe how big this thing is." And Alex is like, "You gotta pick him up, man. Pick him up so we could show how big he is. <laughs> so you got people got to see how big this thing is." And I was like, "All right." So I I fucking grab him around the stomach and fucking right, like I'm like, "This motherfucker's 200 pounds." definitely 200 pounds like i could you know i know what the fuck 200 pounds feels like i'm tackling 220 pound running backs and 250 pound running backs all the time like i know what that fucking weight feels like and that's what this felt like i felt like i had fucking derrick henry lifting that motherfucker up you know wow so i grabbed grabbed the line lift him up and he's like flop his head over and i flopped his head over and i and i look at alex's eyes and i seen his eyes light up and he was like dude this and he's been doing this shit for his whole life you know for like 30 years, he's been seeing mountain lions. He's like, this is the biggest lion I've ever seen, I think. And I was like, fuck. Show dude. me a picture of that thing again. <sighs> I sent you the fucking yeah, the shot. Video. The video, yeah. right? I didn't want to put that out to the public because they fucking get sensitive. But Well, they must have got sensitive about this too. But you ate them. Oh, yeah. That's what people don't know. Mountain I was gonna bring some, dude, delicious. But I was going to bring you some, but like, I don't know, traveling with meat and shit. You know, illegal. Get, yeah. You traveling with mountain lion meat. You can't. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. I don't think we should be doing that. What did it taste like? It tastes like white meat pork, but sweeter. Really? Yeah. Steve Rinella says it tastes amazing. It's fucking delicious. I made some chorizo breakfast sausage with it. Wow. Dude. Plus, you're eating the mountain lion. Yeah. There's something yeah. going on there, too. It's fucking something <laughs> about that, right? I did I did my first bear. Dude, my first year out of retirement, I got to hunt so much. Uh, I mean, in 10 days, in 10 days in September... With my bow, I went to New Mexico, killed my first elk. That was five days, 60 miles on my feet, just got after it. Awesome tent camping, you know? And then um, then I went up to Wyoming, killed my first mule deer. I drove, st- and then I had, no, I drove straight home, had a retirement party, and then got honored at that reti- retirement party in the game and jumped in the truck and went straight to Wyoming because I drew my general deer tag. And I fucking 50-yard shot on a double drop tine fucking mule deer. Wow. That we spot and stocked. We just fucking got lucky. You know, we we're just out there dicking around a field pretty much and got lucky. Out of all the things that you can do that'll juice you up outside of competitive sports, I got to imagine bow hunting is right at the top of that list. Dude, that uh, that elk, nothing. I mean, I've sacked quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, sacked Tom Brady in the AFC Championship, and the whole fucking crowd howls when, he, when you stand up. I mean, it was in the New York Times front page, me standing over Tom fucking screaming fucking howling over him you know like that but the that feeling it never made me want to cry and then never made me feel like i was like you know i think it's because the turnaround to the next play is so fast you know mm-hmm. it's like all right now next play you know right 
But like to, when you have time to like, I, when I shot that elk, because like growing up back east, poor, coming on an elk hunt was just like, fuck. I never, I didn't even fly on a plane till I was a freshman in college. Mm. Like I didn't know what the fuck how I was gonna get out there and do any of that kind of hunt. And it just always a dream that I was always dreamed about. So when I put my hands on that elk, man, like nothing compares to that. Like nothing, nothing that I've done in my life, like physically none compares to that. That's incredible. Yeah, I, and I'm I, hooked. I'm hooked on it. And then I went. Oh, so right after I shot that mule deer up there, I went straight down to fucking Sawash, Colorado, and shot this 400 pound giant fork buck. Giant. Wow. He had like a 200 inch frame. Wow. But he only had a, he only had forks, and his fucking bases were I couldn't even get my hands around him, and he weighed 400 pounds. 400 pound yeah. mule deer. The the processor that I took him to thought it was a fucking cow elk. Wow. He was like, "This is a mule deer." I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Holy shit." You know, he's like, this might be a state record. And I was like, oh, I don't care about wow. records and shit like that. But, yeah, you know, bow, bow hunting is, it's so, it's, I mean, you could say it's primal, but you are using a compound bow with cams and you have a, yeah, a sight that's geared up exactly for the range of your arrows. But there's something about it that's, it taps into this ancient DNA. Yeah. It does something where, you know, when people would hunt back in the day, that's how they stayed alive. Right. And there's a thrill, there's like a human reward involved in, in collecting wild game that's not like anything else. Yeah, and I, I think eventually I'll get into that stick bow hunting a little more, but I'm not going to just fucking grab a stick bow and go out in the woods and be a dummy and shoot, just wound animals. You yeah, know? it's Like, I want to be fucking dialed in on that shit. Yeah. And I like my compound because I can fucking shoot them at... You know 90 yards if i have to it's also it's more effective in terms of like the penetration it is so much more kinetic force to right. it you could kill them much easier well, i have a 33 inch draw mm. i'm pulling 80 pounds i could send a fucking butter knife through it you know yeah and it's going to penetrate do you use fixed heads or mechanicals both yeah it depends on what i'm hunting right so like i like using these sever broadheads that those are great those i love them yeah but uh and I like them mostly because I could practice with them. Mm -hmm. That's why I usually don't like those mechanicals because I can't practice with what I'm going to actually be hunting with. Right. Because you, you know, you fuck them up when you do that. Mm -hmm. Shooting them into targets and shit. But these things, you can just like consistently shoot that thing and it's perfect. Yeah, they have it set up where there's a little screw. You can tighten it yeah, down. Yeah, tighten so it down. It doesn't, the, the blades don't extend. Yeah, those are really effective too because they they move around bone. Right. You know, because of the pivot system that they've developed. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it teeters. Mm -hmm. And it's only two that come out, right? Mm -hmm. they, they start up top and they come out like this, and they're fucking kind of long, right? Mm -hmm. And they, it teeters like this. And it's, to me, that's fucking genius. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. Th those are some of my favorite mechanicals. But because really... when you slip it in right behind that shoulder, sometimes mm -hmm. you'll catch the shoulder or a rib or something, you know? And instead of it like stopping it, it just kind of slides by it and, mm -hmm. you know, does its, you know, maximum damage when it gets in there. And ultimately, like that elk, you know, I shot him at 42 yards right behind the shoulder, and he was only like 80 yards on the other side of the hill. Mm. And he didn't have like this violent, miserable death. He died quick, you know? Yeah, that's the only time they die like that. Every other time they die like that, it's from wolves and cats. Yeah, because they rough. get eaten asshole yeah. first. Or they freeze to death. <laughs> or they freeze, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Have you seen these videos of, of the of like coyotes freezing out in a field? Mm -hmm. Fucking mid-walk. Frozen mid-walk, Imagine you're yeah. walking and you're just like... That's it. I'm fucking dead now. This is the end. Yeah. Standing. How about those people that died in Buffalo? They froze to death in their cars. Oh, man. That would be fucking... Fuck. Fuck. That would be hell. Yeah. Is this my water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, a nice cup. A little thing of that. Yeah, we're trying to not use plastic for whatever reason. Save this eagles.
Yeah. Saving the turtles <laughs> and the fucking... Meanwhile, there's a giant island of fucking plastic just floating around the ocean. Yeah. The size of Texas. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. They're they're <laughs> trying to trim that down. This what are they doing with it, though? They're turning it into taking the plastic and recycling it, making sunglasses and shit out of it and selling it. So more plastic shit. Pl- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... Well, the chemi- the chemicals you have to use to break plastic down is not good. Yeah, can't be. Can't be good. I think they're uh, developing bacteria that eat plastic. But, boy, who knows what where happens, that goes. What happens with that bacteria? Yeah, then? what happens it's when it runs super, out of plastic? Yeah, it's super fucking bacteria. that just <laughs> evolves to eat air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more problems we fix, the more problems we cause. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big one, the the plastic patch. That's that's pretty fucked. So your um your your how did you get this lying down? So if you're talking about this like insane yeah. journey to get so to the top got, of this mountain, we, we got it. So it was at 9,700 feet where we shot him. This was a GPS said. So we we you know we gutted the um, the mountain line and laid it across the back. I have a, one of those Kafaru packs, a Striker mm-hmm. XL, and it has like a meat tray mm-hmm. back there, and it's perfect. It's like when I. When I load up an elk, I'm putting 150 pounds in there, you know, and and packing it out. But I put this line in there and laid it across sideways because I didn't want to fuck it up, you know? Right. Like, I was like, this is fucking beautiful fucking animal. I want to, like, really do a full body mount on this. And right. I don't want to fuck up any of the meat and get it all bruised up, you know, trying to drag it down a hill. And mm-hmm. So I put it in that fucking pack and laid it across sideways, and it was, like, touching the fucking ground. You know, I sent you that video yeah. of me fucking turning around, and you can see it just laying in that pack. <laughs> Once I got over those trees, I, I got on my hands and knees and crawled backwards down that motherfucker because it was, I couldn't, do my legs were seriously just like, every step was like, cramp, 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 like my hamstrings were bad, it was bad. Um, I, I was fucking miserable, but I was, you know, felt accomplished at this point. Your buddy I'm, Alex must be in fucking insane shape. Dude, this guy is a fucking mountain goat. <laughs> He was Guys who are on those mountains every he was day. Like, you're, he's like, you're supposed to be a fucking professional football player. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> fuck it. And I, and I do. I train my ass off. I train every day. And it's not like weightlifting training. I'm training like high-intensity fucking workouts, like getting my heart rate going. And this fucking hammered me, dude. I was fucked up for like – well, then I had to go straight to work after that. But anyways, I, I crawled backwards down this fucking mountain and – Finally, I get down there, and Alex is dying. He's dying laughing at me. He's like, I've never in my fucking life seen somebody crawl backwards down a fucking mountain like this. It's like, think about it. On my hands and knees, crawling, like, so backwards. so yeah. slow, too, because it was miserable. And I, I got held up up there because there was, like, this there's there was this part where I'd, on the, on the way up, I remembered I had to go across this rock outcropping because it was, like, a 10-foot drop. So I, like, had to go across this I had to like walk across it and I remember it sucking. I was like, this is going to suck with a line on my back. And I took one step on that rock and my feet came out from under me and I fell fucking 10 feet. Bow. Oh Jesus. With landed, the lion? Yeah. And landed straight on my butt, but it was like fucking snow. It didn't hurt. I was like, how the fuck am I just okay now? Like how, <laughs> like I did, you know how, it, I don't yeah. know if you ever had like an accident out there where you slip and fall mm-hmm. and you're like, well, yeah. this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I could be impaled. Like a fucking mm-hmm. stick could impale me up my ass or something. Like I was—that's what I was thinking about. It was like getting impaled. I was like, I don't want a stick going up my ass, you know. So I landed and I was fine. And but the fucking lion had like shifted all out of the pack and shit. So I had to fucking take my pack off on a fucking hill like this and repack him in there and then somehow get him back on and fucking strapped in. 
and rolled back over onto my fucking uh, onto my stomach and pushed up and fucking got on my hands and knees and kept going. And that took fucking like 30 minutes to get that lion back in there. Wow. But I get down and I stand up and I put that fucker on the back of the truck and I'm like, all right, finally, I'm fucking here. It took like, this is like a six hour ordeal. And I have a, I do a radio show in Denver, um, a sports radio show for the afternoon drive. So it's from like 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. I do that Monday through Friday and we're talking about football and basketball and all kinds of other bullshit and it's great because I don't have to be right about anything. I just get the bullshit, <laughs> you know? Like this. Yeah. So I show up fucking two hours late. Uh, I sent a picture of them with of me on the mountain with it in my pack. I said, current situation, boys, I'm going to be a little late. And they're like, wow. fuck, what the fuck? They're like, who the fuck? Like, <laughs> what, what the, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll tell you guys when I get there. Dude, I walk into this, I walk into the studio still wearing my boots and my gaiters and my pants and my, I'm wearing the shit I was out there hunting. And I smelled like a stinky ass fucking lion and <laughs> get in there and they're like, what the fuck is going on with you? What happened? And I told the story right away. Wow. On air. So like people that were listening got to hear it like right away. And I oh, should shit. They're like, this dude shows up to two hours, to work two hours late and just fucking Tells like an unbelievable st- story, and I guess our viewership and listeners were like the highest it's been ever been that wow. day. Wow! Because of people were like, "Oh, we got to hear this story. We got to get in," you know. Wow! But it was—it's funny how the legend turned into me fucking like the legend of this lion that was eating fucking dogs and cats yeah. and shit. I don't know if it was that lion. I didn't check this shit in his stomach if it was that lion. And right. CPW didn't have any reports of it either, but. The stories that the neighbors had given us is like, yeah, there's some lions around here that are causing problems. That lion seems like it ate whatever the fuck it wanted. Whatever it wanted, dude. And that if that thing, was the one living under that guy's porch, it was in proximity to people. It makes sense that that was its hunting ground. And that guy was just little. <sighs> he was just a little guy. You know, he was a shorter guy. I was like, this fucking lion could eat him. Easy. For sure. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it could kill me and fucking eat me. But there's a bunch of people that went missing in the Hollywood Hills over the years they think were because of lions. Guarantee it. They're yeah. sneaky Guaranteed fucking kids. cats. I don't trust cats, man. Fuck cats. Well, right down the road from where I'd shot this lion, a fucking kid was jumping on his trampoline, eight-year-old lion came and took him right off of it. And he survived. Oh, my God. He somehow survived. I guess the parents fucking, you know, I don't know the whole story, so I don't just make shit up, but somebody must have saved him. Oh, imagine watching your kid get grabbed by a cat. No. The feeling that would have. And they're fucking everywhere. They'll, like California, that's fucked up. They're just hanging out in your in your backyard in a residential area. You know? Bro, they're so goofy. They're so goofy. Like th- their approach to these things is so strange. Their approach to all conservation is it, it comes from an, an emotional viewpoint instead of a scientific and rational. Yeah, an emotional, uninformed viewpoint. Yeah, it's like the same thing in Vancouver. Like when when uh, they outlawed the grizzly hunt in BC. People are like, yeah, no more grizzly hunting. And the people that live in rural BC are like, are you fucking crazy? Do you know how many of them there are up there? Do you know how scary they are? Like, it didn't make any sense. They just decided because of the high population places that don't deal with these bears, like Vancouver, they were they were the ones who voted. This yep. is the most people. And they're like, yeah, no more grizzly hunt. Well, it's uh, like in Colorado, they just reintroduced the wolves. I know. And look what the wolves, look at what the, the wolf pop, the wolf reintroduction into Yellowstone was great for like the, the natural balance balance of things, right? But they could have hunters could have handled that. Yeah, hunter, you just give out more elk tags. I love wolves. I love the idea that wolves are out there, but you can't not manage their population, or it gets wild. It gets real wild, and they'll send they'll send a, an elk herd into like a thirty year 
down decline. The, yeah. decline. Like they'll take an elk herd from thirty thousand to two thousand in just this, like a the decade. The other thing too is like people are reluctant to give away um, wolf tags. They're like, we don't want them hunting wolves. Like, why? You, this is the thing they don't understand how hard it is. <laughs> no, like it, I'm hunt, going to Canada in November to do it. Well, in Canada, they have a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them. I, I, I've been up in uh, Alberta, and my friends sent me some uh, trail cam pictures of wolves. They have a shitload of wolves up there. But Who the, was it? Who was it that sent that to you? John and Jen Rivet. Yeah, that's where rivets? I'm going. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're great. Great yeah. people. Awesome people. Great people. Yeah, they got a lot of wolves up there. Yeah. He sent me some, like, we probably saw the same pictures. Probably. Yeah. He said it's like for a couple miles from his house. Yeah. I was like, yeah. well, that's fucking sketchy. Yeah, they're sketchy <laughs> as fuck, man. And, you know, they have an understanding of them up there. Like, wolf tags are easy to get up there. And yeah. they, they want you to hunt wolves. Yeah. Like, when you'd get a bear tag, you buy a wolf tag, too, right next to it. Yeah. They want you to hunt wolves. Like, it's not easy to get one though. No, like, fuck they're no. so smart and their their fucking nose is so intense. Oh, I mean coyote hunting. If you've you've probably coyote hunted before, haven't you? Not really. Well, I, coyotes I, I coyote are fucking hunted smart. In my backyard in California. <laughs> <laughs> I had some coyotes that killed my chickens. I almost got this motherfucker too, but my daughter, she was like five at the time. She was like coyote, coyote. <laughs> I was like, shh, daddy's trying to kill him. I'm trying to kill him. Yeah, they killed a shitload of my chickens. Fuck those coyotes, man. Those fuckers. They're little wolves. Yeah, they're, they're, they're little wolves. wolves. That's what they so are. So imagine, like, the real apex. Yeah. Like, wolves are, like, apex fucking predators, man. Yeah. And the way that, like, if you watch those uh, National Geographic documentaries on them hunting elk herds mm-hmm. and how they fucking separate one of them and mm-hmm. they fucking stay on them for just yeah. miles and miles and miles until they wear it out and they just fucking eat it alive. Yeah, and they, they nip at their legs and take their hamstrings out. Yeah. That's like somebody slicing your fucking Achilles tendon and watching you crawl. Yeah. And eating your eating your asshole first. And they're so <laughs> smart. Like, the way they do it is so interesting because there's some kind of communication. Like, different wolves know their jobs. They'll chase them into a pack of other ones that are waiting. They'll, you know, they'll bottleneck them. They're so smart. They, I was watching the one. They, had, they lost an elk, right? They didn't get it. And the other wolves were, like, throwing shade at the wolf that, like, took them off the trail. Ooh. They were like throwing shade at him, like Like they were fucking snipping at him and fucking looking at him weird. Like, whoa! He like had to hang in the back of the pack for like you know a little bit. Like it was fucking wild, man. Yeah, they're so social. That's well, think about when they have an alpha, they'll kill. They try to kill like the other out the other ones that are trying to be the alpha. They'll just all attack him at the same time, and he has to fight them all off. Think about that shit. And you're all living together, sleeping in the woods together. Like fighting over bitches, <laughs> literally bitches. That's what they are. I know. <laughs> out there in the snow, it's Ooh. wild to think about. Like, I'm glad they're out there, though. Yeah, I really am. Like, I don't like the idea of eradicating wolves, but I just wish that they would have a, a real understanding of managing. The necess- yeah, there's a necessity to it, and these these uh, animal groups, animal rights groups, they don't they don't think that way at all. And they, they, I get their perspective too. They just want these animals to thrive and they want us to leave them alone and they want them to exist peacefully. Like California's model seems to ultimately be the eradication of hunting eventually and just yeah. have animals work it out amongst themselves. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's I hate that idea. It's a weird idea because in some ways it's been effective with deer. Like if you think about it, the, the deer population in California, like all around Los Angeles is so low. Like I used to live in the the valley, which is like thirty minutes outside of L.A., and there was 
occasionally you'd see a couple of deer here or there, but it's because there's cats everywhere. Yeah, they'll so, kill one a week, yeah. one or two a week. Yeah, so their populations are pretty fucking low, whereas out here in Texas, uh, a mountain lion is basically a coyote. You just fucking shoot them. Yeah. Like, there's no restrictions. They're, they're thought of as, like, varmints. Yeah. So if you see a mountain lion in your yard, you just blow them away. <laughs> so there's deer everywhere out here. Like, it's a totally different experience. Like, everywhere I go, there's deer. And I'm like, oh, this is what California would be like if they managed their lions. There would be deer everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like prime deer country. That's where mm-hmm. deer want to live is yeah. that kind of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but so Well, in Colorado, in Colorado, I mean, I know that the, the mountain lion is like the only big cat on the planet that's thriving. Mm-hmm. Right? They're all doing pretty good, but the mountain lions are like, they're fucking thriving. Yeah. In, in especially North America. So and that is that is in part it's not just because of what California does but it like in Colorado every unit has a quota on how many lions based on all their scientific numbers that they fucking pull out and I mean these guys are in the field these CPW guys are out in the field giving information and not lion numbers they have collared collared lions they keep them they have game trail cameras that they watch them on so they know everything they need to know about them so they know what kind of numbers that they have and how many need to be taken out to mm. keep everything balanced in the area. So humans and animals can all live together in the area, right? Like shit's going to happen. That's just the way it goes. Like somebody's going to get attacked sometimes by a lion. Like what that's what happens when you live up there. Yeah. Right. Um, but you should, you should still be allowed to hunt them. So you have to take an exam. You take an exam to get the license. They make you take an exam online to even get the license. So you, you learn everything you can about lions, about their gender and how do you identify a male lion? And what it, does this spot? It's like a little black spot that, that you can see that shows that it's a male, you know. Where's the spot? Back on the back here, like on their legs. No, it's like on where the dick in is? their gooch. Yeah, like the gooch. The gooch. Area. <laughs> yeah, it's a spot that like that's the identifier. Like oh. that's a fucking he's got a dick, you know. Right. And so I didn't know that though going into it. So I learned something, you know, just just do it, just taking this exam, and uh, then you buy your license, and then you have to as soon as you kill the lion, you have to check that fucker in right away, or else they'll fucking ding you. And you don't want to get dinged by the CPW because they'll fucking stick like a five-year ban on your license, you know? Mm. So they'll they, they'll find any reason to get you. Then the meat has to be processed for human consumption. They come and they take a – you have to – when I say check it in, it's not just call them. they got to come and look at the lion. They came and weighed the cape and, and meat, and that's what that's what was 173. That's mm. where I got that number. I didn't fucking care about weighing it, you know? Um, but you have to take the meat and make it ready for human consumption. You can't, like, discard any of it. It has to all be used. Which is wild because up in Wyoming they don't they don't give a shit they're just like if you kill a bear they don't care yeah that's a, a lot of the places that hunt bears are like that did you know that in the early days the pioneers preferred bear and they they used bear for meat and deer were just for hides well they used their fat they they used to use mm-hmm. the fat for everything too they, yeah yeah so I think I don't know have you had bear yeah you like it it's good I think it's pretty good it's the, not the as rivets, good as lion though the rivets will cook I haven't had lion but the rivets will cook it for you like let yeah. Jen. Jen's a master chef. Okay. She's good. I guess you're not supposed to call them a chef unless they run a kitchen. We found that out recently. Really? Yeah, yeah. A chef is like the person who runs the kitchen. A, a cook is a, the, the actual one cooking it. But she's she's fantastic at it. She uh, When we were up there, she cooked a roast, and it was a, a, a bear roast, and she slow cooked it in the Traeger for like 16 hours. It was insane. Oh, it was so good. The Traeger, I mean, you could put a turd on that fucking Traeger, and it'll <laughs> taste good. I yeah, use that Traeger for everything. They're great. It's so convenient, too. It's so easy to do. You do it on your Dump phone. Dump some pellets and fucking yeah, turn it on with I your phone. It. Easy. You know what I started doing out here, though? I started using a, an offset smoker. What's that? 
you know, like those old school Texas, like Terry Black style smokers. Like where you start yeah, the fire yourself. Yeah, the fire over right? here with logs and then the smoke filters into the, the main chamber and you cook your meat in that. Oh my God, it's insane. Is it even better? Does it's it make it so even better? It's so good. It's so smoky. It's like it impart real hardwood. Look, Traeger's amazing because it is real hardwood. And, but it's pellets, and it's super convenient. And you can, there's a setting called Super Smoke. I don't know if you yeah, ever use that, yep. which is great. It gives more smoke flavor. But there's nothing really like actual logs. Right. There's nothing really like actual With hardwood. bark on them yeah. and shit. This is what I, I have. It's, uh, there's a company out here in Texas called Centex Smokers. That was a uh, first time I cooked baby back ribs. So there's like a fire off in the side, and you close the lid on that thing, and uh, it's amazing. And you, you could adjust the temperature. It's easy to maintain and everything? Fuck yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, it's not hard at all. Like, I thought it would be real complicated to maintain the temperature, but you just got to give it some time. So what happens is I start off, you know, like- Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Centex Smokers. So I start off like uh, an hour and a half. He's a great guy, too. He's got a very cool uh, Instagram page. You can see his work. So I'll start off the cook a couple hours before uh, I'm thinking about cooking. So I get everything dialed in. I know like where the baffle should be. I get it up to, you know, like 250-ish. And it's amazing for reverse searing steaks oh, and elk meat too, oh. where I'll, I'll take it. And that's the oh, yeah, uh, I saw charcoal you doing grill a reverse, too. Yeah. So that's the, it's got a charcoal grill on it on the side of it as well. So once it's done smoking, then I do it with high heat and I just sear the outside after it's done. I got it done. I need one of these. Son. Yeah. Well, if you're in Texas, it's it's like Texas tradition, offset smokers. But um, what, you, what would you say your favorite meat is? Elk meat. Yeah, mine yeah, too. it's my favorite. It's my fucking it's my favorite. favorite. I've I love uh, axis deer, and I've had moose, and I love moose. Moose is great. Deer's great. But man, elk hunting is the best. Elk. My favorite. Eating elk is the best. I killed a Neil guy recently. Yeah. That's very interesting too. They're, I heard yeah. they're pretty good eating. Really good. Really good. I still prefer elk, but it's just I don't. I heard that's in, a tough hunt. I heard it's a tough elk. to hunt those things. Dude, they're so tough to kill. Yeah, this is what's crazy. Um, they evolve around tigers. Yeah, and they're a big elk-sized animal. And they they're from India like originally, cheetahs. right? Yeah, yeah. So I hit this animal perfect. It was a perfect shot at like fifty-two yards, clean pass through, uh, like broadside quartering away. Why? I mean. I'm like I sit like I have my pin on him, perfect release of the arrow. I hear the whop hit him, and then he takes off like there's nothing wrong with him. He <laughs> takes off like on your mark, get set, go. <laughs> like a firing gun went off, dude. He just went into a full sprint into the bush. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then I start doubting myself. I'm like, holy shit, did I did I hit it bad? Like, uh -huh. like you start all of these. Then we found the arrow. The arrow was 30 yards past his body, past where he was standing when he got hit. Fully covered in blood, so I'm like, okay, this is a this arrow looks like a dead animal. We have to find this guy. You got air bubbles in the blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. fucked. But they don't bleed. There's no blood trail. Oh, they're a different animal. They're so different. The guys are saying we never find blood, even when they shoot them with rifles. They don't find blood. Wow. Yeah, they their 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 skin is so tough, <sighs> and there's something about evolving around tigers. Yeah. I mean, they we literally when I, when I found the animals, like a couple of drops of blood were coming out of the exit hole. It went through here, out here, right past the front shoulder, double lunged him. He ran 130 yards full clip before he died. It probably only took a couple of seconds for him to run 130 yeah, yards. Yeah, he was there. But Great. we never found any blood. We had to like grid the area until we found them. That's fucking wild, man. They the, the the guy told me that when they hunt them, 
they'll have uh, the the client with a rifle, so the client will shoot it, but the guide will have one of the one round in the chamber ready to go. Yeah, because when it takes off running, they don't want to lose it. Yeah, so I'm like, because they'll you? lose it in that big mesquite brush. That shit is fucking miserable. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's the best animal to bow hunt. No, it's that's what the that, I was I was down in Texas uh, trying to do a spot and stock on a whitetail this year. I mm-hmm. did. I, I was successful. I used a fucking decoy on the front of my bow. Oh, nice. I bet that thing was like, what is that big bitch doing over here? <laughs> you know, because he's like, he came bounding out of that shit right. and fucking stopped and was like, and I just buried one in his chest, you know, frontal shot on him. Nice. Fucking, I got it on film too. It's going to oh, be, nice. yeah, it'll be, I, you know, I'm doing the YouTube channel now. We just, yeah. Yeah. We just dropped my first episode, um, my first, because it was my elk hunt. What's the name of the uh, YouTube Wolf, channel? Wolf Untamed. All right. Yeah. Wolf with an E, Untamed. Right. Um, yeah, so it's As just Derek Wolf. Yes, so <laughs> I, I filmed all my hunts from last year, so that's gonna be like the first season, and then we got some cool shit coming. For oh, that's next... awesome, man! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the the Neil guy thing is uh, like it was successful. I, I killed him one one arrow, died quick. But part of me is like, hmm, that could have gone way different. Yeah, like if you have a bad shot at all, like if you have a, a, a questionable shot on an elk, you could hang back and trail him, and usually either you can get another shot in him or he's gonna die. Yeah. But with the Neil guy, they run so fast and so. I mean, I never saw an animal move that fast after I got hit with a perfect arrow. It was just because you hit an elk, an elk perfect, like they'll hunch up. Oh, they stop. They're the elk are like yeah. super clumsy too. They're yeah. fucking stumbling all over the place and shit and hit knocking shit over. Oh, they have this giant fucking antler rack <laughs> on their head. Imagine how much that must be throwing you off, banging into trees and shit. Oh, they 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 probably love when they shed that shit. They're probably like, oh, oh yeah. thank God. Yeah, for a month. Yeah. And so it's growing back again. Like, Here we go again. <laughs> That's, to me, is the craziest shit ever. Yeah. Like a deer in velvet, and mm-hmm. feeling how soft it is and all the blood vessels that are still going through there. Yeah. That shit is wild to me. Is that a guy going to shake it off? Yeah. It's on drone. Get off. Oh, yeah. wow. Look, he's so happy. He's like, yes. The moose just shook it off. That's why moose walk around pissed off all the time. They're just well, like, Ugh. Moose are the most ridiculous. Those Yukon moose that have like a table like this on each side of their head. I'm going up there with uh, Aaron Snyder 2024. Oh, nice. Yeah, Snyder and I are going to go up. In 2024, we're going to do Yukon moose and Alaskan uh, coastal brown bear Whoa. with our bows. Whoa. Like 10-foot brown bear. Oh, my God. I want to try to get him to like stand up when I'm fucking at full draw. Come on. Come on, Derek. (laughs) That's not necessary. I'm up there like antagonizing him, trying to get him to fucking stand up. That's not necessary. <laughs> That's one thing they haven't imported down here in Texas. It's like they they have everything else here. You know, elk is not uh, it's not a tagged animal here. It's not a managed animal like it is in Colorado and right. everywhere else. They it's just have allocation. a bunch of them at a high fe- at high fences, right? Not even in high fences, even in low fences. Like they just have elk out here, and it's almost like an invasive animal. Really, it's so weird because you can hunt elk 365 days a year in Texas. Well, you can always harvest the meat. Well, yeah. yeah, I see Ted Nugent always talking about harvesting the Texas, elk. And, yeah, yeah, the Texas elk. The, well, the Texas uh, wildlife model is very different because it's mostly private land out here. Yeah, it's ninety percent, right? Yeah, and there's most of the animals. Like when you have these big private ranches, a, a good percentage of them are from other countries. Yeah, a lot of Indian animals, a lot of African animals, and it's amazing to see. Like the place that I was at in sable, South Texas, fucking sable yeah, running around. Yeah, 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 oryx. They're, I mean, they're majestic. They're, Zebras fucking yeah. running around. <laughs> My wife saw a zebra outside of Austin. She was driving. She goes, I think I just saw a fucking zebra. I'm like, welcome <laughs> yeah, to Texas, baby. 
These people have <laughs> zebras. They have fucking zebras. Kangaroos. Ostriches. Fucking ostriches shit. running around. Dude, it is fucking insane. Yeah, you can just have animals It's like a full-on safari. Yeah. There's more tigers in captivity in Texas in private collections than there are in all of the wild of the world. That's, I mean, that that's almost scary. <laughs> what happens if these motherfuckers? There's thousands of tigers in Texas. Thousands. Oh. Thousands of tigers. Bengal tigers. All kinds of tigers. All kinds. Like, oh. they got everything. What kind of tiger you need? What kind of tiger, what kind of tiger you need? White tiger? Derek? Derek? You, you want a fucking tiger? I can make <laughs> you it happen. You just have to drive, like, right, real deep into the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the size of these fucking ranches here are oh insane, God. right? Yeah. Like yeah, thirty thousand acres, of acres, yeah, hundred thousand acres. Uh, the there's a place in South Wyoming Texas called the Wagon was... Hound. Have you heard of the Wagon Hound? No. There's a place called the Wagon Hound. It's like one guy owns like three hundred and something thousand acres, <laughs> and it is like prime fucking elk country. Prime Man. every animal you can imagine. Prime. Man. Everything. White tail, mule deer, bear, lions. What, where was he Turkey. At? It's in Wyoming. What part of Wyoming? Douglas. Wow. So you I, just I take still 20 been to Wyoming. So That's you take 25 go and go up past Cheyenne. So it's in between Cheyenne and Casper. Mm. It's like right in between there and he owns all this huge vast God, that area is old. That fucking part of the country is so amazing. It's unbelievable. It's so much fun to go up there. Yeah. It's just, just to drive around. If you're going to own a ranch, that's where you own one. Yeah, like Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah. Montana, like that kind of shit. Like, God damn. That's what I've been trying to, I've been looking for. I have a place in Fairplay, Colorado, so that's like South Park, just south of Breckenridge. You mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And I bordered a million acres of national forest. I have 70 acres to myself, but- uh, the rest is national forest. Oh wow! And it's like it gets pretty western when we get out there. And start, <laughs> you just go back there, start walking. You start coming across lion tracks and yeah. bear tracks, and that's my favorite hunting term when things get western. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want that's what you're looking for. I'm looking for yeah. an adventure, man. I want it to. I don't exactly. want to just step out of my truck and be like, oh, schwap, and then right. get back in the truck and of leave. Of course, no. of course. Yeah, that's not what I'm looking for, man. No. That's why. Um, you know what's crazy to me? Because you probably buy a lot, a lot of landowner tags, right? Yeah. So that's how I do it. Like I'm, because mm -hmm. I'm building points right now. So I still put in and mm -hmm. apply for that stuff, but I can afford it. So I just buy the tags, you know. But some of these fucking tags, like I, the Western Hunt Expo, this guy bought a fucking deer tag for seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Where? Is it in like Arizona? The Arizona statewide gov tag for mule deer. Oh. So he knows he's going to okay. kill it. You know, he's but all that money goes towards conservation. It's mm -hmm. all yeah. So he writes it's off an amazing half of it. Model. You know? It's an amazing model. The the the, awesome. the tag model and the Pittman Robertson Act and what they've done with, you know, the percentage of all sales of goods of uh, hunting gear and outdoor gear all goes to conservation. It's an amazing model. And yeah. A lot of people aren't aware of that, but that the the vast majority of the money that goes towards animal conservation in this country comes from people buying bullets. People buying rifles and bows. That's where the money comes from. Yeah. Well, did you see in Colorado they're trying to get rid of the over-the-counter elk tag? Why? Um, because in-state hunters are pissed off about these out-of-staters mm. being able to get the same, you know, getting to hunt the same areas as they yeah. do. Because with that point, most people don't understand how those points – I didn't even understand until I started really getting into it about how hard it is to actually draw tags in coveted areas. It takes yeah. years. It might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity sure. for most of these areas. Yeah, Like my where my cabin is, I have to wait six years to hunt it. It's wow. a six-point draw. Wow. It might take nine years, you know, unless I want – because you can't get a landowner tag unless you have 160, 000, or 160 continuous acres. Mm. 
So like I'm just I'm just half of that, right? Mm. So I need double this to get even a, even one tag. And there's elk everywhere. Like I, in September, they're just ripping bugles all through the backyard. And wow, that's gotta be wild. It's pretty though. cool. Just sit on your porch, yeah, with a cup at, of coffee. Well, it's at ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> fucking growling. Oh, the, the most I'll just go out there with a cow call in the morning and just tease him, you know? I told my my, my wife, I'm like, I know you don't want to hunt with me, but please, well, let's just go one day during oh. the rut. I just want you to experience what it's like. You don't have to hunt. I don't, want, I, I don't have to hunt either. We'll just go walk around them and sneak up on them. Because when you're around them and they're screaming at you, and then when they Rattles fight. Your chest. I watched a brawl in California last year. I bet that was awesome. Oh my God. It was this one giant fucking elk and this little cocky dude is like, <laughs> man, I want to fuck these girls. <laughs> and they went at it and he sent them flying down this hill. Holy shit. It's, it, was, it was a serious dust up. They but, get fucked up when you lose too. We heard it first. Clack, clack. And then we got around to the top of this ridge to look over across the canyon and watch it go down. Like, fuck. The, the, just the majesty of these animals. They're pissing on themselves. Rights. They're yeah. pissing on their fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> their dicks are flopping around. They have boners. They're pissing all over the place. Dude, it's fucking intense. Nobody, it, there's nothing like it. My wife yeah. won't hunt. She doesn't hunt either. Um, but she, like, totally gets it, the need for it. She's from Wyoming originally. Mm. Like, that's where she grew up with Cheyenne. Oh, really? So she's been around hunting her whole life, but she never did it. Mm. So, she, like, she just, she won't kill a spider. Like, she'll, she'd rather put a cup over it and let it suffer and fucking suffocate you know like you'll suffocate a fucking spider or in an animal like she won't kill them off right like that that kind of well that's a balance though right, right that's yeah. kind of one when you want yeah you yeah so she's savage out there oh that's my lion <laughs> yeah that's my lion i don't want to compete for the elk all right <laughs> yeah we're not competing for you know and that's how we're competitive in everything we do so i could just see us being competitive in that but she's you know thankfully uh, she supports me in it, you know, and, and the ventures that I'm kind of doing now and what I'm what I'm looking for. But people who do it get so addicted. The, 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 the elk the fun I'm, about I'm it. like, listen, let me just take you with me. Yeah, like you don't have to even watch me shoot it. She's right. that's her other thing. She's like, I don't want to watch it, watch it get killed. You know, I right. just don't want to watch it. Like you she, don't have to. I'm like, you don't have to. I was like, you yeah. won't be able to see it anyways. But be just being there is enough. But just being there and yeah. feeling the roar of an elk, like when it fucking bugles and it's like. Um, I was down in Sawash when I said I was down in Sawash, and when we were deer hunting, I was like three feet from this elk raking a tree. Wow. But these big willows, so you can't see. He's like three feet. I could have reached over and grabbed him through the bushes. And he's raking his fucking tree, and we're, you know, and he's like just ripping bugles. That's a stag. Where's that at? That's a fallow deer. Is that what that is? Oh, they have a weird noise. Yeah, listen to it. The, it'll play the red stag is even more impressive. <laughs> That's a foul deer? He's just burping. They they hunt a lot of stag down in uh, like Argentina. Yeah. And I've heard them roar. Yeah. Such a strange I want to do that hunt bad too. Is that a, did they introduce stag to there from Europe or I'm were not they sure. there? I'm not sure. They have a lot of them down there. I want to go to Ireland and do it like where, oh, you know. Yeah. Like in the Highlands? I don't think you're allowed to bow hunt there. I think you are. Really? Yeah. In some places in Europe, you can't bow hunt there. Well, right? they're outlawing in uh, southern Australia now that you can't bow hunt. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. They, but they don't know. That's like the primary way those guys hunt. I know. You ever look at an Australian bow hunting magazine? No. It's very disturbing. Is it? They shoot a lot of feral cats. <laughs> 
So these guys are like holding up a dead house cat like a trophy. And you're like, whoa, I was on a plane. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story. People are going to th- be like, yeah, this guy's a fucking serial killer. All right. So when I lived on a farm in high school, they kind of took me in. And there was fucking people just drop cats off all the time. So yeah, I used to have, have to, to walk them. around with a fucking 12 gauge and just fucking pow. Ooh. And they just like, they. I mean, it was fucking crazy. But I didn't. Well, Nella used to have to do that. I didn't like cats anyways because my mom had these these cats who used to fucking try to gouge my eyes out when I was like they just fucking attack me out of nowhere and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> fucking cats so fucking violent my house was fucking wild man violent I would come walking around a corner I'd walk around a corner and my stepdad would pow punch me in my solar plex oh Jesus and Christ. just fucking uh, knock the wind out of me is he still around he lives I don't know where the fuck he lives now I don't know I don't talk to him so I don't really I, I talk to my mom every now and then just because I've but I, I went, I'll go like five year stretches without talking to her just because oh, like, I just rough. like, I don't want her, I don't want her bringing that negative shit in my life. You know, I get it. I have kids and shit that I don't want, I don't even want them exposed to it. I get I'm it. just, I'm stopping that shit now. Yeah. Like that shit ends with me. Well, congratulations on doing that. Thank you. It's beautiful when someone can escape that pattern, you know, it's hard, <laughs> man. It's a day like the, every, every day is like, you know, my wife gets mad cause I have crazy ADHD. So like I fucking I'm all over the fucking place. I, I, if but when I find something I like doing, I'm like hyper focused on it. Don't you think that that's what ADHD? I have the same. I think thing. it's a genius trait. <clears throat> I have the exact same problem, and I know that if I was in high school today, pro- so they probably put me on some kind of medication when I was a kid. Yeah, well they put me on Adderall when I got to high school. There you go. Or to college, I mean, when I went to college because I was like fucking struggling my freshman year, and then I met you know met with. Uh, the counselor and she was like i think you have adhd like severe adhd i was like what do you mean she's like i think that you're like you know you're really fucking smart whenever you like doing something but you can't do shit you don't like doing at all but isn't that <sighs> that seems that the, i have a problem with that because that's served me my whole life i know but uh, but when i was able to take that and be able to take a, the way they explained it to me was the wavelengths right so your brain waves are like up and like they're all over the fucking place and the adderall helps me just like stay here and I, I just, I've talked about getting off of it because I don't have like an unhealthy, I'm not, it's not like unhealthy. No, I'm good. It's not unhealthy, but it's, it's worries me that like, what if I, am I, I'm like dependent on this shit now. Right. And what happens if I can't get it anymore? How often do you take it now? Every day. Every day. How yeah. much? Uh, 40 milligrams. Whoa. So that's t- a lot, right? Day I'm prescribed to take it. If he takes it that long, that's, he's probably a little small tolerance, you know? Yeah. I take and so what does it do for you? It just, dude. When I wake up in the morning, my fucking mind's all over the place. Like I wake up in the morning, like ready to go right away. Like I jump out of bed, fucking ready to go, and mm. I'm like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Like my emotions are up and down because of Adderall. No, because of the Adderall. No, when I take because the Adderall, of a- so, because of the ADHD. When I take the Adderall, you know how people without ADHD when they take Adderall, they're fucking. Ugh. So when you wake up in the morning, it's the no Adderall. Yeah, and you're all over the place. I'm and all you over take the, the Adderall, and, and it- it's like I'm like laser focused. Huh. I take my Adderall and a cup of coffee, like ton of stimulus, fucking throw a chew in, take a big <laughs> shit, and I'm fucking ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man, I got to stay away from that shit. I think I'd love it. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. Well, that's why the my, so I was finding myself like when I started doing this radio show, two to six, like that two o'clock mark. Like normally I'm done by that time, like my whole life, right? Football's, you know, we practice early, everything's done early. By two, three o'clock, you know, we're like in meetings and kind of getting out. Right. So to start work at two o'clock after I'd like tortured myself in the weight in the, in the gym for fucking an hour and then cold tubbed 
And then I, I have one of those uh, forged. Uh, I saw you fucking post it, and I was like, I'm gonna check this company out. Oh, Morosco Forge. Yeah, they're yeah, fucking they're sweet, shit. man. Easy we to got maintain. A different one out here that's even more brutal. We got a blue cube. They got a new blue cube. They're sending us. To, it's not the water's not still. It's like a raging river, and so you never develop a thermal barrier. Yeah. So you get in there, it's 35 degrees, and then the water's just pouring around you like a river. Yeah. Like, the whole time, just fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't. You get Belly a break breathing. when you do the the regular cold plunge. People think it's really hard. After after a minute and a yeah. half, it's like it's after that numb. ninety. If you get past that ninety second mark, yeah. you're pretty much numb. Yeah, it's pretty numb. But, but if you, but if you good... ever feel how you're, whenever the water where the water's like mm-hmm. moving down there by your feet, yeah. that part of your feet stay cold because that water is constantly. That's moving. what the blue cube is like. And the new one, apparently, they're laughing. They they can't wait to give it to me and torture me. The new one is supposed to be really brutal. I want to try. They have, it. If you go to blue cubes, uh, blue cube guys uh, Instagram, he's got some videos of it in action, like what they're doing with it. And it's it's. It's just like a river in there. Like you're sitting in the middle of a raging creek. Yeah. And it's 35 degrees. So you never degrees. get used to it. You never get used to it. No thermal I love barrier. It. I love the cold tub. You I get out. It. You feel so good. I wish I could explain to people because people think it's like some macho thing. It's not. It's When you get out of there, you're so in love with life. You're so happy. Yeah. You're so- No anxiety. No anxiety. Anxiety's gone. I feel so good and I feel so like friendly- and so happy, yeah. You know, it's just it ramps your dopamine up two hundred percent. That's crazy, and it lasts for hours. Yeah, Huberman is just a they giant. Said like, what is it? Two it. or three minutes can last you the fucking rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the blue cube. This is the new one. Look at that motherfucker. Look at that. So you get in there, and it never stops moving. Yep. So there's no thermal barrier, and you just freeze your dick off. And you don't have to do it long. Like no, you don't have to three minutes. Three minutes, and you're fucking good. I do it before workouts now. Cam started doing that, and he was telling me he was doing it before. I did workouts. it. I, that's what I did when I played. Did I'd you? go into the training room and fucking. I would. I would sometimes I would do a uh, a contrast, mm-hmm. but I always finished in the cold tub because then I'd jump in the shower real quick and like thaw out, and then I fucking yeah. felt good. Yeah, you feel. Fucking Guys would great. sit in the fucking hot tub and they go out and practice. I'm like, dude, I want to fall asleep when I sit in that motherfucker. I don't want to sit in there. Right. For 10 minutes and then go do anything. You know what's good, though? The sauna is really good before workouts. Oh, yeah. Like, just to stretch. We had a big infrared sauna that Mm -hmm. we could all kind of get, like, three or four of us could get in there. Yeah. And fucking do a little stretching. I'd get in there in full pads before practicing shit and, like, get Mm, moving around. Get everything loose. We're about to go out here and fucking bang. I don't want to fucking tear something, you know? It makes a difference. I I like to do, like, 10 minutes before a workout. And I get in there at 185 degrees and just stretch out. Warm up, get yeah. loose, do some breathing exercises, and then I can go hard right away. Whereas opposed to when I do the cold first, I like doing that too, but I don't do that on like kickboxing days. On the kickboxing days, I'll do the the sauna first. I get in there for like ten minutes, just enough to get loose. Because you're, rot- start- you're rotating so much, yeah. you have to do that. Then I start jumping rope. Then I start stretching out. Then footwork and shadow boxing, and then you know, I I give myself time to let everything warm up. Whereas with, with the cold, I like doing the cold plunge and then immediately doing bike rides. So I'll do like the uh, the fucking echo bike, yeah, and, and then I get warmed up with that, and then pull the sled. So it's nothing where I'm like leaping or exploding. Nothing, no quick moves where you worry about tweaking something, right? You know, but grabbing th- a fucking kettlebell and swinging it, and God, it's so good for you. Those cold plunges and and heat, so, the, it's the good contrast, for your, brain, your body, everything. everything, man. And I I love the sauna before I go to bed. That's my favorite. I like I'll do the sauna like I'll listen to my set. Like so, I do a set like at the comedy club, and then I'll put it on uh, my phone, and then put. If you get old school AirPods, the only ones that work. Other AirPods die, 
Like the uh, the new ones, the pros and all those, those die off from the heat. The heat yeah. kills them. Somewhere around 190 degrees, they fucking sputter out. But the regular ones are good. So I'll just listen to like my set, go over my material a little bit, and then I sleep like a baby. That's nice. I have an infrared sauna too. I, I use it all the time. So those are supposed to be really good to work out in. Like a lot of people do stuff in an infrared sauna. Like You'd have to have such a big. In, I'd have to have such a big fucking infrared sauna. They make them that. like that. I know, but it's yeah. fucking pain. Yeah. Know, yeah. And who has the fucking space to put? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't really fucked with infrareds that much uh, because the people that I talked to said that the the real work had been done in terms of like studies of the benefits was done with a regular sauna because they can get hotter. Because yeah. the regular ones get to like, you know, you can get him like uh, Laird Hamilton. He goes up to like 200 plus degrees. I don't, he does his I, shit. I can't do that. He wears either. oven mitts and he rides a salt bike in the sauna at 200 degrees. Why? Because he's an animal. <laughs> he's a crazy big wave surfer. Crazy he's, bastard. He's in his 50s and he's maintaining his body in a way that was unheard of. I mean, he's, uh, I, th I believe Laird is uh, 55 or 56, somewhere in that range. He looks fucking phenomenal. He's in peak shape. Yeah. Every day he has routines that he develops where uh, he takes weights. He'll take like a 70-pound dumbbell and jump in the water with the 70-pound dumbbell and take it all the way to the bottom. And he has this super deep pool and then springs all the way up to the top and all the way back down to the bottom. So he's 59. The guy's a fucking animal. He's an animal. And he just lives to surf and, and stay fit. Did you have him up? Can you, does he have videos of him doing this shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got videos on his Instagram. Is he of a good his, follow? Oh, he's a great follow. Yeah. And he's just like the calmest, most chill, like focused guy. Like, like he's one of those people you're around him. You're like, oh, yeah, of course you're a world record holder, big wave surfer type individual. <laughs> oh, look at this yeah. crazy. And that probably feels so good to go back and roll. That's when I'm the strongest. That's when I feel the best for training. I have routines in the patterns more than just the actual activities. It varies just on the time of the year and also my physical state. You know, it could be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays in the pool, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays on the land. I mean, in season, out of season, there's a lot of variety within the training, which is what keeps it interesting for me. So I don't really have a real set thing. I'm not a bodybuilder or in a program where I'm just doing a certain, which, which kind of leads to some gains and some and some falls, but it's part of what it takes to kind of be ready to do what I want to do. Functional training. Yeah. And, you know, he's developed all these different routines and he, they have a website too. He has a website that's dedicated just specifically to these pool workouts and all these different things that he does. But I think that any, I, here's the other thing. People put too much effort. They're like, I don't want to go to the gym because XPT. I don't know what to do. It's like, dude, you don't even have to go to the gym. You can get a workout yeah. in your fucking in your bedroom. Well, I follow so many people on Instagram that do like daily workouts. You could do just what they do. It's not hard to do, and there's yeah. a lot of body weight stuff that's available online and, and too. And do the do the kind of training for like the shit you do in life, mm -hmm. right? Like so. So me, I do a lot of. Um, I'll I put my pack on with ninety pounds in it, and I'll just fucking ruck. just ruck. I'll mm -hmm. just get on the fucking treadmill for thirty minutes and ruck on an incline, mm. and just fucking put like I like I'll throw a podcast in or something like just. So I could kind of zone out, and then like next thing I know, I fucking went you know three miles. Right. It's like oh fuck, I went three miles already. Okay, cool. And then I jump off and do something else, you know. But um, the I like I like that like I think that it's the same with the cold tub, right? So if you did it in the morning, your brain is already like okay, I've gotten through this. Yeah. So I can get through whatever the fuck else comes at me. So you would do all this, do that and with then the you would show up at work on the radio station, and. Is that when you realize like Adderall helps? 
Because then I started taking more. I so I started taking I, more because I was like, I need more Adderall at this time of the juiced day. Juiced up for the show to like be fucking of like yeah psychologically like avail mentally available right ba- basically because like I would be sitting there and my co-host would be talking like we're sitting like this and he'd be talking to me and I'd just be like and he'd be like hello and I'm like oh shit sorry <laughs> and he's like the fuck are you thinking about and I'm like dude I'm just, all kind you wouldn't even like yeah. I was thinking about like what would it, what it would look like if I threw you through that fucking window like, <laughs> that's what I was thinking like stupid dumb shit like that right like it's, it's so silly, you know? Yeah. And he'd be like, he's like, and my wife was like, hey, I think you need to fucking maybe take a little more Adderall. And <laughs> she's like, you sound like a fucking psychopath. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and it all right, helped? Sorry. And it did. It helped. What did it do? But what has helped, it just helped me. I just would take like a half a dose of mm. it, right? But then I was like, man, I, so I keep, I stay, pay close attention to my heart and how my heart is doing. And my doctor was like, you're fucking perfectly healthy you know everything's good you know because i I did that for like three months and then i was like let me make sure my heart's still good and it's not like affecting me because i was actually getting better sleep at night really yeah like deeper sleeps like straight rem rem sleep this is like an ad for adderall i know really does make me want to try it it, it, everything's good if you don't abuse it right right just about not everything but like most a lot of things most things if you don't abuse them like they were made for the right reasons, you know. Most things. Yeah, there's a, there's a benefit to them, but so many things are easy to abuse. Yeah. Well, Adderall. I mean, guys, people get hooked on the shit. Yeah. Right. So it's like they and they just take more and more every all day long. I've like heard it's some like stories. that invincible pill, you know. Yeah, I just stay away from anything that gives me too much confidence. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, I try to stay away from confidence and do. I, I have like douchebag tendencies. I want to. <laughs> I want to suppress my douchebag. I like being a nice person, and the best way for me to be a nice person is like to keep the ego in check. And that's why I like yeah. weed. That's why I like mushrooms. I like things Love that, mushrooms. that. Yeah. Yeah. I like things that just like just settle me down and keep keep me in a good zone, a good space. Yeah. Put out good energy. You know. It's like. Uh, <laughs> it's like. Um, no, my wife was. What did she? What did she refer? Ah, it kind of would come to me. I can't remember what the fuck it was that I was even thinking about just now. But um, well, she she was mentioning something to me about. Uh, oh, I know what it was now. So she calls my alter ego Chad. Ah, <laughs> Chad's the bad guy. Chad's the bad guy. <laughs> so like I I when I if I'm gonna drink alcohol, it's tequila, because um, uh, algave is like an upper and not a fucking de- depressant. Tequila is the only alcohol you could drink that's not a depressant. Right. Um, is that I, true? Is that true? We we talked. We went over this once, right? It's like kind of shaky, shaky space. Well, that's what got me drinking tequila. So now you're telling me it's fucking wrong. Yeah, so I've been. That's, if you think that, I would say stick with that thought. I'm just gonna stick with it because if yeah. I think it, then it's fucking true. I think right? we Whatever. Googled all this though once. I know that's why I'm saying. And it. it's uh, <laughs> it's a little. It's something. Di- it is different. It's definitely. different. It's different, right? Yeah. It's. And then you process no it differently as well. That, so no studies. Well, this is a Derek oh, yeah. Wolf study. Yeah, yeah. From well, I've heard twenty-three. Somebody told me that. <laughs> I, I, somebody. I, I was like, a, I did this thing in Mexico where they showed us how they make it, how they distill it, and everything. And he was like, you know, I think he's the one that said that to me. But I don't. know. Well, Fuck Ron him. White sells tequila. N- number one, it's awesome tequila. And Ron White, uh, he swears by it. He says like that it's the only drink, drink that he can drink. He doesn't feel like shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I remember looking into it with the. The things that people say why it might be is because there's less additives in it, and some of those things are what lead people to some of the negatives of alcohol. Oh, really? Like hangovers. Yeah, it's like. What it's about clear. moonshine though? It's clear. 
Well, I mean, that's really stronger. It's, it's like, starch. But it's still not starch. That's why, like, the breakdown yeast. is like it's alcohol, so it's going to have the same effect as every other alcohol. Interesting. People and don't seem to have as much hangover on tequila either. Yeah, I don't feel too yeah. bad. Like, last night at the show, I had, like, way too much tequila. <laughs> that was fun. And that was, yeah, what it was fun fucking night, awesome. Right? How fun was Roseanne? Oh, my God. I was like, no way. This is awesome. Dude, Roseanne Bar is a regular at our clubs out here. It's it crazy. just pops in. Just popped in. And I had it. We had to like you were in, in the green room while we were talking to her and going on stage, but she, it was funny because she's like, "Oh, I don't know. I just ate mushrooms." <laughs> and I go, "Roseanne, just go on stage. Just go on stage." She goes, "You think so?" And, I, and we were all like, "Yeah, a hundred percent." And I go, "When do you want to go up?" She goes, "Not after him. Let me wait. Let me wait and see how this feels." And so she waits, and then you know she had a real, real good conversation with Brian Simpson. They were both laughing. She goes, "I want to go on after him." <laughs> so Brian brought her up, and he brings her up, and I, I mean, it's one of the greatest standing ovations I've ever seen in my life. Oh, they lost was amazing. their minds. They didn't know she was going to be. That's the beautiful thing about these shows we do, these Joe Rogan and Friends shows. Nobody knows who's going to be on. So it might be Tim Dillon, Shane Gillis, Ari Shafir. No one knows. Mark Norman. No one knows until you see them go up. And so when we introduced Roseanne, I, love that I was like, idea. holy shit. Yeah, those those are they're fun shows, man. And they're we all never my know, friends. Yeah, you never know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. And last night was packed. Oh. White, David Lucas, Hans Kim, William. I mean, it's like these are amazing, amazing shows. And they all crushed it. Yeah. Like everybody crushed it. It was a good night. It was a good night. But watching her go on stage, man, it fucking made me so excited about Austin. So excited about doing this club and so excited about comedy. Yeah. Your new your new spot's going to be fucking- They went nuts for her, man. She can't wait. She she went to visit the club today, the new club. And what's it called? The comedy Mothership. Comedy Mothership. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fucking- Because, dude, that, the vibes in there last night were awesome. Yeah. They're fun. So- it's, I can't even imagine what, when it's it's your actual spot. It's going to be fun any day now. Um, and Roseanne's going to be a part of it, which is exciting. And Ron, you know, having Ron there. Ron was another one. When he went after Roseanne, they're like, the show keeps getting better. It just kept getting better. Yeah, it was amazing. It was unbelievable, man. It got, it just like, it was like the perfect buildup. Yeah, it was amazing. And then you come out. You could have gone for fucking four hours if you wanted to. Yeah, but it was a perfect amount of time. Yep. It, was, it was a great night. And the, the, just the hang there too, like the the green room hang. Yeah, so, man, that was big, very awesome fun vibes. Austin's a great town, man. Something special about this place. You know, it's also a lot of people that have come here have escaped from a place that was suppressing, and they they got here and they're like, oh, this is better. Ah, oh, freedom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of freedom. Yeah, it's like California's just such a mess, man. Fucking disaster! It's, a, it's it's like an ex girlfriend that you used to love her, and now she's doing meth and works for the cartel. <laughs> Like God, what happened to you? You know, that's it's like you used like, to be hot. <laughs> you used to be my favorite. I used to go back to California. I was like, fuck yeah, West Coast forever, bitch. Like we got the ocean, the it never rains out. We got the comedy store, but there's gonna be humans shitting on the sidewalk. Yeah, <laughs> that's the pandemic. Well, it was always bad. It was getting pretty bad uh, in 2019, tent wise. The the homeless crisis was getting pretty bad, but it's just out of fucking control now. And I don't know how they put that genie back in the bottle. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything radical to reverse the policies that put them in that position in the first place. No, they're just making it worse. <sighs> well, well, then, my, they're, then the people move out of the state and they go to another state and fucking vote the same way. Yeah, that's and what I'm like. What are you here. doing that for? Don't California my Texas? That's the, <laughs> the motto out here. Tennessee says the same shit because yeah. Nashville's a badass city. Mm-hmm. Awesome place. Well, when things get soft and things get easy, people start. They, they put forth 
politicians that are going to send these progressive values out into action and just like these people the unhoused we need to help them like yeah you do need to help them but making them letting them camp on your fucking streets is not helping anybody that's not helping anybody you're, you guys you're are enabling in being the... empathetic you're you're ruining your city you're just enabling yeah. at that point like you don't allow littering so you can't you're not even supposed to throw a cigarette butt on the street right we all agree so why is it okay to have your tent there why is it okay to have bags of shit there why, why is it okay to have like stacks of dirty clothes and a bag of meth like and needles the whole thing is just so strange that and piss and it should ugh. be priority number one to keep the the city clean, and it's not. It's not, which is wild to me. Yeah, the the people that live in the country should be the priority number one, not yeah. any of this other shit. I know, like, I know. We're that, we were so, talking about the, that. the amount of money that we've sent to other countries. I know. That, I mean, you could solve the issues. Yeah, with you could that solve money. all of them a long time ago. All of them. And that's our money. We yeah. gave them that money. Yeah. It's tax dollars. Dude, I paid I paid forty eight cents on the dollar for ten years straight yeah. to these motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's what they're gonna do with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That pisses me off. That's it what should. pisses me off. It's what they do with the money. Yeah. You're gonna for you'll throw me in like, dude, this tire it's tyranny. It's yeah. tyranny. Yeah. Sorry, tyranny. Tyranny. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. tyranny. Like it is in a, in a way. The founding fathers are rolling over in their grave thinking about the way we're paying taxes and they probably never expected civilization to get where it is. No, there's no Nobody way. Nobody did. And, and it's, They wouldn't have written laws the way they did. For the, a politician to step up and, and call it the problem that it is and then like allocate money towards that, the immense amount of money that you need, the same kind of money we're de dedicating to other countries, that would be very unpopular because so many people who have money would be like, no, you're not going to take my money and give it to poor people. Get the fuck out of here. But yeah. it's the only way to fix this country. They've, they've got to do something. They've got to take some very involved strategy. It has to be very well thought out, and it has to involve a shitload of money. And well, they, 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 it's pretty clear they have a fuck ton of money. All yeah. this money that they're giving to, I mean, you're Ukraine. giving it to Ukraine. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Where the fuck did that money come yeah. from? Like, you guys just had that? You, you guys just had the school that system a long around. time ago? It's kind of like whenever, yeah, you could have fixed all the public schools. You could have made sure that, yeah. like, instead of fucking kids getting taught on TikTok how to dance, you know, the kids in China are learning how to take guns apart and how to fucking do math and how to yeah. fucking, like, yeah. why don't, why aren't we teaching, you want to teach me about all these fucking genders, but you don't want to teach me how to, how to uh, change a tire, how to change oil in my car, how to manage yeah. a checkbook. I had no fucking clue. I came in the NFL and they gave me two million bucks and I was like, "What the fuck do I do with this?" What did you do? Just put it in a bank account? I just fucking put it in a bank account. I had no <laughs> idea what the fuck to do. I was like, "Okay, I guess I can get a bank account, a debit card, and a credit card." What's the first? And they're crazy like, "You have you no bought. credit." They're like, "You have no credit." Like I was like, "Well, what the fuck is credit? <laughs> wow. What is that? Like, wow. how do I build credit?" And they're like, yeah, you, "You have, have to pay, pay bills. bills back. You got to yeah. pay bills. You got to take like, loans and pay the loans off." I was like, "That's fucking bullshit." I said, "They're literally controlling everything." That's when I started like losing my mind about the control because I have an issue with authority already, as you can imagine. I can you imagine. Fucking, you think I fucking yeah. had any roles growing up? No, I did whatever right. fuck I wanted when yeah. I wanted to. Like, uh, I'm not gonna raise my hand and go take a piss. I'm sorry, yeah. I got to worry about how I'm gonna eat dinner tonight, fucking lady. Like, leave me right. alone, you know. Um, but when I started paying taxes, well, I got that check and I saw, I was like, well, I thought it was, I thought it was 4 million. They're like, no, uh, they take the taxes out. You don't even get to see it. And I'm like, I don't even get to fucking touch the money yet. And they take it right away. Like, they take a piece. They didn't they, do a single push. They didn't do fucking bullshit. Jack shit. No deadlifts. Oh, they, they, they didn't no do any hits. fucking squats. Nothing. They didn't take on any fucking double teams or get no any injuries, concussions. Nothing. 
Oh, and they take they, half. And they take half of it. And then they send it to another country while we got fucking literal yeah. people that fought and almost died and gave their life up basically for our country. And in they're fucking tent. sleeping in a tent. With mental illness problems and no therapy, no counseling. But we'll send fucking yeah. $500 billion to another country. Yeah, it's weird. We're so strange. It pisses me off. Uh, and so I just think that I just think that like we should have a say in what the fuck they're doing with our money, you know? And they're like, well, you got to vote this way and that way. It's like, you could do all that voting, but the lobbyists are what are doing all the fucking shady shit in the back, you know? Even if you do voting, you're not going to stop them from giving that money to Ukraine. Exactly. It doesn't they, matter. This is all at, at a level that regular voting doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I mean, unless you get some very headstrong politician, like some JFK type dude who mm. puts a stop to Look everything. what they did to him. Exactly. And they just admitted it, and people are like, well, whatever. Sort of admitted it. Yeah. I mean, but we all it's, knew. It's a slow trickle. It's like they're admitting that COVID was a lab leak. It's like this <laughs> slow trickle. Yeah. You they know, give like, it to you slowly. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a smart strategy. Instead of all at once saying we were wrong, you slowly say it seems we were wrong. There's a low <laughs> probability that we were wrong. There's a reasonable probability that we were wrong, and then it just keeps getting more and more, yeah, we were wrong. It's the same with the vaccine. Yeah. It's, the gonna vaccine. Be the, it's the same with a lot of things, man. Yeah. And these narratives that get pushed on mainstream media, are it's it's shocking how they don't feel bad for what they do. It's they don't. shocking. It's shocking. Because, dude, these people are all, like, evil narcissist motherfuckers. Like, I don't even know if they're evil. I think they're captured. I think they're captured by an institution that revolves around advertising revenue and that's the heavily sponsored by pharmaceutical companies and all sorts of other corporations. The Super Bowl was sponsored by Pfizer. I know. How about that the devil fuck? dance that that did, dude did at the Grammys and it says, <sighs> brought to you by Pfizer. Dude. Like, you just showed the devil <laughs> and a bunch, and, and you're, you're basically saying you sponsor the devil? Like, what? I'm not even a religious person. I'm not, like, a person who's, like, into the devil. But I see that and I'm like, this... <laughs> if you if you want to drive conspiracy theorists nuts, this is how, especially Christians, yeah. like uh, Christians who don't want this like tubby dude wearing a fucking devil outfit dancing around. Tim Dillon said he looks like a plumber. He looks can like you a plumber. Pull it, you can you pull it up? Could have done that on purpose. Can you pull that up? Decided um, to play that Pfizer piece after that, knowing what everyone would get their no. panties in a bunch. No. Well, I think They're Pfizer all... was probably already sponsoring it, but they had to know that that graphic was going to go over they the. They didn't. They said they didn't. They Pfizer didn't this. Know. They were not an official sponsor of the event, but they did sponsor the broadcast, and they didn't get to say what when that piece went up. Oh, I know. didn't mean Pfizer. I mean the people that put together the broadcast. They knew that that ad was going to go up. Oh, that's what right. I'm saying. After like that. whoever is in control of running those pieces at the end was like, that's probably watch funny. this. If someone's really funny, <laughs> that would be. I'm saying like, that's very funny yeah i mean someone could have done that it's also a very good strategy in terms of getting people to w make that video go viral and for mm -hmm. that dude what's his name sam smith yeah that's what I'm the, that dude that's like the greatest thing that ever happened to him i didn't even know who the fuck he was until i saw that thing can i can you pull yeah, it yeah, up because yeah. i'm not i'm confused i'm have you seen it i don't think i've seen it's it. it's ridiculous he's uh, dancing around he's in all like red spandex or red leather and he's he's the devil and there's a bunch of demons behind him <laughs> And it's brought to you by Pfizer. It's Sam Smith, it's very, like the fucking the singer. singer? Yeah, yeah, some singer dude. I didn't even know who he was. I'm trying to find the, the videos. Are everyone else has made comments on this video already? So I can I'll show you some of the pictures of it. I guess um, this is what his performance looked like. It was a lot, very devil ish. Dude, I think there's all kinds of wild shit going on with these fucking. Yeah, that is uh, these Hollywood elitists. That's dude. very strange. 
It's very strange. Some of these Hollywood fucking people are. It's very strange that no one was like, "What the fuck, Candace Owen?" Of course, she's going deep. Oh, you know, she's fucking going. She's like, "This is fucking." Candace Owens had one of my first, rather one of my favorite moments with uh, the New York Times. This is how it aired, like the the Grammys, brought to you by Pfizer. So (laughs) Pfizer with like hellfire behind it. That's what I think. I, that's what I'm saying. I, someone Maybe. was like, watch this. Why not? Fire it away. Hey, man, yeah. you got to think. Did you someone, see her face right there? She's like, what the fuck is this? People who are responsible for the graphics and all the computer stuff, those are guys like us. Yeah, no. They're like I, internet dudes. Bob Thrill's like, I, of course they did. Good chance. It doesn't have to be, but there's a good chance yeah. this is some fucking Good troll. chance of some dude laughing his ass off yeah. at a bar With big telling fake, everybody what he did. Big fake the fuck is, is that, that an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's a, it's a digital uh, art that's created by people and there's an nft that goes with it so if you see that little qr code if you yeah click on that, you get the nft but that nft thing doesn't mean anything to me but that means something to me just the art that it's like animated and it moves around and stuff and it's you that's know who that cool. guy is people i've heard of him he I does know. digital art every day every day he puts a new piece on his instagram and on his website every single day 365 days a year and he's like, this is all his stuff that's on his Instagram. It's all like, very, oh, that's fucking wild. It's all very, very weird shit. What is that? What is that? He's just real weird. His stuff is very, very weird. Um, yeah. Oh, you're on Twitter. Yeah. yeah go to uh, his. Th- yeah. There's his photos. So it's all this very bizarre digital art that he makes. Is that Logan and Jake Paul? That's yeah, Logan pouring his drink on Jake. <laughs> What the fuck? That's so weird. That's so weird. He's a funny dude, though, man. We had him on as a podcast guest. He's really fun and super, super nice guy. Fucking talented. And But it's really hilarious. He's like, because people are trying to find hidden meanings in my art. He's like, why did you have dicks in missile silos? He's like, I don't know. They're fucking just fucking dicks. That's kind of what came in my head. That's what he fucking was thinking about. Yeah. I mean, he's got to come up with a new concept every, every single day. day. So he's got like these giant Trump robots with like Hillary Clinton's head operating him. <laughs> and it's, it's so strange. Giant babies with machine guns, like that type of shit. But he, so he made that for us. He gave it to us. So I guess it's an NFT. But that NFT thing, people seem to have wised up to that. Yeah. It seems like everybody was going nuts and spending all. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Tucker Carlson fucking a green heaven now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tucker should put that on his wall. That's fucking great. Yeah, he's he's quite a character. Fucking Tucker. But yeah, the NFT thing to me is like, oh, oh I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. It, it's kind of like I, I started to dive into the crypto shit. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had guys, there's guys in the NFL putting their whole fucking paycheck in there. I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. That seems I was like, not wise. This is not smart. I was like, it's yeah. not regulated. Do you know anybody who lost money in that uh, that FTX thing? No, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sure I do know somebody. They just don't want to talk about it because right. it's fucking. Do you know anybody, Jamie, that lost money in that FTX shit? No, not I mean not like that real investment money. No, no. Oh. I didn't know anyone. Just that was like really a little with it. little fuck around money, maybe. I didn't even yeah, that's all I did. I did like so. ten grand in, in crypto, and that was it. It's. No, I no, love I'm, the idea behind it. I love the idea behind Bitcoin, decentralized digital currency controlled by the people. You can't. You can't fuck with it. People can't. Yeah, I like that idea, but I don't know. It's just, it seems like it's just like our, a long yeah. road, and it seems like if I was 
in charge of fiat currency. I would do everything I could to sabotage that. Yeah. And well, think about Elon. Elon said one thing about fucking mining, mining for the Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. That was bad for the environment. And fucking <laughs> right down the fucking shitter. Like, Is that true? Like he killed. Oh, I about oh Elon mentioning it. Yeah, he How said something about he said something about he's not mining anymore because it's bad for the environment. Right? It's like it takes Ooh. too much power to fucking to mine Bitcoin. To mine Bitcoin. Yeah. Adam Curry mines Bitcoin, just for a goof. And I remember the because like, I was watching it every day. Yeah. And, like he said that, and the next day it was like fucking. And that's the other thing, like with the New York Stock Exchange, it's like there's a time when everybody can fucking trade, right? Yeah. Like these fuckers are up at like two in the morning all fucking night, you know, trading fucking Bitcoin back and forth all night. It's like mm. you guys are fucking like crackheads with this thing. You well, know? it is. It is like gambling. It is it, in many ways. I mean, it, it has to excite the same parts of the brain. Oh, like get people addicted to gambling. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of stockbrokers. This is one dude that I knew from the fight gyms back in Boston. He was a stockbroker. And this dude was a wild motherfucker. And then one day I met him out at a bar and he's wearing a suit. I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, dude, I'm a fucking stockbroker now. He's <laughs> doing coke and fucking, he's wild. He's like, I'm making so much money. I'm like, wow. That's the kind of guy that gets into stockbroker. He just wanted that thrill. Yeah, the thrill. He the loved The big it. swings. He loved The big it. crazy swings. Yeah. He was getting hammered and telling me all like, what happened, how he became a stockbroker. What year was that? Oh, this is, it had to be the 80s. Oh, in the this 80s, This had to yeah. be like, it the had heyday. to be 89 or 90, because it's like right after, right, right when I was starting to do comedy, I ran into him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, this dude's a fucking maniac. Straight off of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Oh, t- there were so many of those guys. Like, Tim Dillon tells stories about his days when he was selling subprime mortgages. Like, they, these were guys were animals. He was partying all the time. Like, Tim had a serious drug problem when he was selling houses. <laughs> Functioning. Functioning well, on all I kinds mean, of pills. They and were smoking up and, crack and all yeah. kinds of shit. Crazy. Well, Smoke crack with me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's make this deal si- serious. Yeah. It's, it's a wild way to live your life. It is, man. The, the thing about the Adderall thing, about living your life taking Adderall all the time, is like, God damn, those people seem productive. I know people that take Adderall. Listen to me. I'm like talking myself into doing Adderall. That's what's going on here. I mean, I'm not going to tell you to do it because once you, once you start taking it, you're probably not going to stop. And that's kind of how it's been for me. The comedians that I know that take it are fucked up, though. I don't know if it's good for comedians. You all seem to have an issue getting shit done. Yeah, we get shit done. So... Right, but maybe we get shit done better. That's the thing. What is yeah, this? Coffee. It's a stimulant. I like stimulants. Yeah, coffee. Different level of meth. I think we're doing. That's all what that. my wife always says. She's like, "Sorry, I can't just wake up because I'm not taking meth every morning." <laughs> Whoa. Like, oh. Well, but she's well, the one. Hey, baby, you told me to take extra. I'm like, you told me to take more, and no, she's no like, fuck. "I know." I'm just. She just. Did she, just my wife joking. is hilarious. Yeah, she's. She's just joking with me. Does is there any long term problems in terms of like toxicity with that stuff, or is it just a stimulant? It's like. It's it's one of those I I haven't had any issues. I've been taking it since I was nineteen. Do you so like, you're, do you, until you're the it poster t- boy for Adderall. Until they tell me, <laughs> until they tell me that this is fucking hurting you. Yeah. You know I, I have get, you ever tried not taking it? Oh, it's not good. Like how many? Uh, how how long have you gone without taking it? Oh, five days. What's that like? It sucks. I drink like fucking twenty cups of coffee. I'm all fucking jittery and wiry and dehydrated and fucking mm. everything's fucked like my bedroom's a mess the fucking clothes are everywhere yeah like, like my my living space takes the biggest hit because i like can't even think about 
mm. picking up that fucking towel because right. I'm like locked in on something that's way over here. Yeah. So I just step over problems and fucking get to this thing and just ignore the rest. And Adderall, and Adderall makes helps you... makes me be able to like foot like okay I could do this and then I could do that and then I could like it helps me like manage the manage the day right mm. and whenever and the other thing is I've spent so much time battling depression and anxiety that's already built in that I, I'd like by the end of the day I'm fucking wiped because I've spent you know probably four hours like controlling my fucking anxiety right my anxiety depression and like dealing with that like on and off throughout the day because it just like hits you in waves. Mm. Um, so then, and then doing work and then getting other, like all the shit that I have going on. Cause when I was playing football, I was just focused on football. That's all I had to do was focus on football. Now I'm focused on all the other shit that I wanted to do. So I'm focused on bow hunting. I'm focused on podcasting. I'm focused on doing a radio show. I'm focused on filming. I'm focused on business deals that I was so looking to work all on. All these things you're juggling. So like on a every, so I, I wake up in a more, that's why. When you were talking about warming up before you get to work out, like I have to start warming up again because I used to warm up like for like 30 minutes before I did anything, doing all kinds of movement and all this shit. Now I just walk downstairs and just fucking, <clears throat> let's go. <laughs> fucking grab a kettlebell and start swinging that motherfucker for 30 rounds, you know? <laughs> like, And getting on the rower and fucking hitting cows on the rower and then grabbing my bow and shooting it. Like it's all, you know, timed out. But, you know, I, I don't like taking Adderall before I work out. I like not having it because then I, like, I can good all over the place with it. Mm -hmm. I like taking the mushrooms before I work out. Really? Yes. How much? Just this tiny little microdose, just mm. capsules. I have these capsules made that Why do you like uh doing that before you work out? Because it helps it helps me like channel the my anger and rage and shit that I need to release in there. Mm. Cuz that's why it's like church to me going in there. I get to release all that fucking all the hate and pretty you work much. out by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I like doing that too. Yeah. I used to work. I was working out with a trainer, which I really enjoyed too. But it, there was a thing that was missing. It was like the alone time. Yeah, the alone with the just the struggle. I need it. I need yeah. that alone time, and that's why you know when you talk about getting in the cold tub or doing a tough workout, like how many times I do, I'll do twenty rounds of something, right? So of of a circuit, and it's never heavy weight anymore. It's all just a circuit. So I'll do like six rows on the on or six cows on the rower. And then I'll jump from the, go from the rower straight over to like do gorilla rows with the kettlebells, right? So you're like keeping a flat back and working mm -hmm. on your transverse core. And then I'll grab a big heavy kettlebell and swing that six times. And then I'll do halos with a kettlebell, six aside. And then I'll get down and do six push-ups. And then go up and knock the tick off. Like that's one, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. So I, and I'll look and be like, I got 19 more. Whoa. The whole time you want to quit. Because your heart rate's at like 150 to 155 the entire time from the rower. Because you have to, mm. you want to do it as short as, you know, all power, you know, just. And when I pull that rower, dude, I'm pulling like 2,000 every time I, it's like 2,000 every time I pull. Because I pull that fucker hard as fuck, you know. It feels like it's going to break sometimes. So I, and I just get in this mode with the shrooms. Like I just get in, it's, I call it the flow state. And you've mm. probably heard about the flow yeah. state before. It helps me, and that's what it did for me in the football, on the football field. It helped when me did get you into start a flow state. doing it in football? 2000 and, 2016? The year we won the Super Bowl? The year I got fucking life-changing generational wealth money? <laughs> imagine <laughs> yeah, that, right? Yeah, imagine that. The year I decided that, um, that I met my wife and my fucking life changed forever for the better, like, I was you think mushrooms was involved in all that? I know it was. It helped so, me think clearly and make decisions with confidence. 
When did you start using it? Did you start using it in training or did you yeah, start? Yeah, I started with training. Well, I started, I had a body worker. Um, his name's Adam Stir. And this fucking dude is like, he is a fucking mad scientist. And he would like get me, he would, he had like a whole protocol that he did with me. So we would do a Monday stretch and in, in, in movement. It's all movement. It's not stretching. It's just, he's manipulating your body. Mm -hmm. And we started, you know, using shrooms and like before he would prime me up he'd do like a 20 minute prime before i'd go to the stadium and get me primed and dude i'd fucking be vibrating it was wild he did all this like breathing exercises with me like to get mm. me to get me going he works with a bunch of guys still in the league like von von miller works with him there was a bunch of guys and dude he fucking was like he's like maybe try the microdosing try it you know and i was like okay so i found some good shit and started trying it it was actually liquid form the shit i was doing I was playing, yeah, and I had this, and he made a pre-workout for me. It was all clean, and it was like sustainable. And I'd fucking drop two little drops of that fucking Ooh. shrooms and that, shake it up before the game, and drink it. And I'd go out there and warm up on a field, and I'd be like on a whole different planet. <sighs> like I, I would like, I would start to get fucking mad and start getting ready. And like, dude, by the time the fucking, by the time I get my hand in the fucking dirt and we're about to play the first snap of football, I just like, I'm so fucking ready to go. It was, I can't, I can't even explain it to people. Like my focus is so hyper-focused and everything is so slow around me that I'm moving faster than everything else. I'm just moving faster. So like I fucking worked, I'm like working, like I can like watch his hands. It's like the Spider-Man movie when he's like, Shh, you know, mm. like I'd watch his hands fucking go by and then I swim over and I'm keeping it so tight to his shoulder as I swim over and like fucking cut the space and then like accelerate this way. And, and when you tackle quarterbacks, you can't land on them anymore. So, like, when I'd get to the quarterback, I'd be able to, like, focus the, on keeping the ball from getting up here so we could throw it, you know? Like, I'd be able to lock it in with my elbow and, like, fucking roll back and fall the perfect way. It was wow. like and – then, and then you watch it on film, and it's like snap of a finger it happens, right? Like, a football play is six seconds long, and that's a long football play. The quarterback is – Tom Brady is stepping back and going, one, two, three. So, in one, two, three, I've got there, and, and all this shit has happened. And in my head, it, while it was happening for me, it was slow. It was all slow. Like, shoo, hips were moving right. The way my, like, I could feel my, you, I could feel the way my foot hit to make sure it was hit. Because you, you want your toes pointed in the direction you're going, right? So I would fucking work the move. You know, I used to call it a chop swim. So I would chop his hands, grab his shoulder, pull his, pin his shoulder down like this, and then swim over. And before he could, like, readjust, I'd have to cut that corner. Whoa. So it happened so slow to me. To me, it was like, it took a minute for it to happen, but it was like the snap of a finger. Wow. And the whole game would go that way. But, like, I also had this crazy, like, rage going on in my head the whole time. That's Viking shit. It has to be. Has to be. It, it totally felt so makes It felt so natural to be in that right. state. Like, all your ancestors probably did the, it and, it's, and in the violence, like, being able to play violently, like finishing the play, like finishing through a motherfucker, not just like grabbing him and tag. No, I was trying to finish through a motherfucker. And it like was just in me to do that. When it, from the time I stepped on the football field at seven years old, put a fucking helmet on, number 59 with a fucking bar down the middle. He put me a middle linebacker and a coach said, when you see the ball, you get the ball. I said, all right. <laughs> fucking Bobby Boucher, that shit fucking. <laughs> Let's go. I loved it, dude. I love I hit this fucking kid and I know I he probably never played football again, the kid I hit. Wow. He probably said, Fuck this. This ain't for me. Cause I fucking the first picture I take, I'm fucking like couldn't wait to play football. Like wow. I finally get to be violent and not get in trouble, you know? Yeah. Cause the violence was just in me. Like yeah. 
I don't think it like you could talk about the childhood and this and that like I created this violent fucking person whatever. No, I was violent when I came out of the fucking womb. My mom said it took three people to change my fucking diaper. <laughs> she said fucking had to had to have one person fucking hold your arms and one person hold your legs and then somebody get to change you because wow. you were so fucking strong. She's like you're so strong and just like thought it was hilarious to like knock somebody over, you know? That's hilarious. And like fucking knowing that they couldn't hold me down was just funny to me, I guess, as a kid. But that's just how the I mushroom build. Viking connection is wild. Because if that really is true, if that just ignites that part of you, that ancient DNA, it completely makes sense. Because that was the lore of the Vikings that they always took mushrooms when they raided. It brings out. It would. I'm. I swear to you, it brings out this crazy. Like, I call it the savage. Mm. It's like releasing the savage, you know? Like, I finally get to open the, the lion gets out of the cage fucking once a week, you know? How did you decide on, like, how much to take or when to take it? Did you do a lot there of trial time, and yeah. error? There was games where I took a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, dude, the lights are so bright. <laughs> At a, on a night game? Fuck. Wow. Fucking lights are bright. There's fucking, like, going to Dallas. One time we were in Dallas playing. I took a little too much. And <laughs> when you're walking out on the field, you're walking through a bar pretty much. You walk, imagine walking through, like, I'm going to fucking war, but I'm walking through a bar and all these fucking fans are like having drinks and hanging out. And I'm like, I'll kill all of you. Like, that's what I'm thinking the whole way out of there. I would kill you all. I'll fucking murder every one of you. Like, that's crazy shit going through my head before a game, though, because it's what I'm doing, right? Well, it's probably your body thinks you're going to a war. Yeah. Like, I think when you do something like that and, and that many people are watching and you're on mushrooms and you have that Viking DNA, your body probably like, oh, it's wartime. Oh, wartime. Kill time. Yeah. <laughs> time to kill. Rape, <sighs> rape and pillage time. Oh, Jesus Like, that's Christ. in my DNA, you yeah. know? Yeah. Undeniably. And, it, and we get out there on the field and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, you know, when you start to like, mm -hmm. whenever, cause it's a wave Yeah. when you take like an eighth, right? You're waving, you're riding those waves, dude. I'm standing there and they're like announcing the fucking, the announcers like getting ready to announce us to come out. And I'm like, and normally I can like get it to stop and just like settle, settle into that breath. But no, I just was like, and then finally I was like, okay, okay. I got to fucking get it together, dude. And when we walked out there. We just came running out. I almost had to stop because it was so mesmerizing. <laughs> I was like, my mouth was wide open. I'm fucking staring. I'm like, dude, I gotta play. I'm going to play football. Stop looking at the fucking jumbotron. This thing's fucking huge. These jumbotrons <laughs> are huge. There's fucking the girls dancing on poles and shit. Like this fucking crazy. There's smoke everywhere. And I'm like, holy shit. And then um, the first quarter was fucking interesting. Very interesting. I was playing really well, but I was, like, not there. Like, I had to hear the play twice sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, mm. he'd say the play right to my face, and I'd be like, what? What'd you say? I'd look at him like, what? And my middle linebacker's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I took too much. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, all right, I got you, I got you. You know, because we're fucking buddies. He knows what the fuck is, is going How on. How long did it take before it leveled out? Second quarter, it started to level out, and then it turned into, like, dude, we, I was fucking dominating. It was like, I, t I was like, all right, that's how much I need to take. I need to take half of that. <laughs> half of that, and I'm good. I figured, that's why, I, in my head, I thought half, right? So that's what I did. Instead of doing, like, three, I was doing four of those drops, so I did two. I changed it to two. Did you ever get it to the point where you knew you could take it again in the middle of the game? 
Oh, I or did. did you? I did. I would take it at halftime too. Oh, you took yeah. it at halftime. Yeah, yeah that's two drops per half. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it was like you said the, it like. Well, of course I did. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because I would make that little make the, the, right. the drink. I'd fucking make the drink. You know. I was just I called it the special sauce. So you so the full experience of when you were like tight in the zone, like seeing everything in slow motion. How long would that last for? <sighs> Sometimes that's why I had to take it at halftime because right. it was like a two-hour deal. Right, so it gave you like two hours. Off a and, little bit. Yeah, and there's so many fucking TV timeouts and shit going on, mm-hmm. and time where you're not on the field. So like being able to just get a little little dose that keep me in this and keep the savage out there. Wow, like it was. <laughs> and I I prided myself as being a great run stopper in the NFL. Like I knew that like if you ran a ball at me, it was not your day. Like it was gonna be. A, I was the number one run stopper for almost ten years. You know, like nine years straight as a number one guy in the league. So, that like I took that to me. That's like one of the best compliments ever. Like fuck those sacks. I don't care about the fucking quarterback. I want to fucking. I was a man out there. Two two. Mo- I was splitting double teams and then tackling Derrick Henry for a loss. Like that's the shit we were doing, you know. And that motherfucker is a load. Like he's fucking built like a defensive end, dude. He's like six four, six three, two hundred forty pounds. No weight la- weight class limits in the UFC because there is. It's two sixty five. That's the heavyweight division. And the money in the UFC was way more. Like it was more than any NFL player could make. And they all decided to start fighting. It'd be, it would be a bloodbath. Yeah. I don't think people understand the level of athlete you're dealing with when you're talking about the elite NFL players. When you're around them, you're like, what the fuck are you? Yeah, like, it's a totally different type of person. It's like a whole different human. Yeah. And like, there's enough of them. And if they decided to fight, it would be a real problem for regular size big dudes. Oh yeah. Well, like I mean, two sixty five. If I, I if I cut to two sixty five, yeah. I mean, five minute. I could go fucking all day. Yeah. I could go all fucking day because I'm used to carrying you know twice you know twenty thirty pounds more than that. Yeah, a lot of the, like Francis, who's probably the biggest guy in the heavyweight division. Yeah, he's Francis huge. Francis Ngannou was regularly over three hundred pounds or in the range of three hundred pounds. Like he was when he got his knee operated on, and he's not fat. He's no. fucking gigantic. No. He's built like a fucking- Yeah. Yeah. He's built like a perfect fighter. He's exact. If you were going to build a perfect fighter, that yeah. would be it. Tall, super muscular, but, um, immense, natural strength. And, uh, and super yeah. athletic. He's, he's yeah. like the- If you were to drop a D-end, yeah. a defensive end, outside rusher, that's how you draw it up. Just, I know that this is going to be an amazing fight this weekend between John Jones and Cyril Gaon, but man, am I disappointed that Francis isn't in there. I know. Francis versus John Jones to me would have been like holy shit. Yeah. Because you can't do anything wrong with Francis. You no. can't make any mistakes. Those nuclear weapons are zinging <laughs> by your chin. Dude, imagine. They're zinging, man. I always think that's the other thing I think about, man. I'm like, dude, these fucking fighters. Yeah, I, I became good friends with Cowboy. With, so Donald and I became good friends, man. And Donald's I was always, awesome. He's fucking awesome. I, love I was that, talking dude. to him about it and I was like, dude. Like the way you guys fucking have to train just to get ready for a fight, yeah, is insane. It's fucking insane. The training is insane. P- most people are like, "Oh, I could get in a fight with and do this." Go out there and fucking just wrestle for thirty seconds, and you'll be fucking <laughs> laying on your back, you fucking turd. Yeah, you, stop acting like you could do this shit. They Try doing know. it for five minutes. Yeah, they don't know for twenty five. I mean, I wrestled right, so wrestling for in overtime would go to nine minutes with heavyweights a lot. And you'd be fucking tired as hell. And nobody's trying to kick you. Nobody's trying to punch you. Yeah. Nobody's trying to choke you out. Have you thought about doing competitive jujitsu? Yeah. You would be yeah. amazing at that. Yeah, I like That'd jiu-jitsu. be a great thing for you, too. Like, 
to get obsessed with. My uh, one of my my best mentor mentors in life. He lives down in South Florida. He's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and he does it every morning. And he's like, you know, he's in his sixties now, and he's like two hundred thirty pounds, like six six two, six three. He's a big dude, um, extremely successful. But he loves jujitsu. He does it every morning, and I'll go in there and roll with him, and he just fucking dominates me, dude. I can't like because it's not about strength and right. it's not about speed. It's about it's like a chess game. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a chess game. So like yeah, he that... knows what I'm gonna fucking do long before I even thought about doing it. Like he already knew what like my bo- how my body is gonna react that, to this to this. Like I'm exhausted, and he's just laying there laughing, you know, like yeah. ha ha, you know, fucking idiot, you know. <laughs> like I think that'd be a good thing for you to get into. I get on. I'll get on top. I'll get on top and like full mountain. He'll like sweep my fucking legs out from under me somehow and like crawl around my. Like I'm like, how the fuck did you get me onto my side already? How did I get here? And then yeah. I like, next to my arms like up here and he's fucking like he gets your arms in a he gets your body in a position where your strength can't get it out. Yeah. Like I can't muscle through any of this shit. So I'm fucked. And I I fell in love with doing it. So it's uh. I'm looking to do. I work, with, you know, uh, you know Chris Camozzi. Mm-hmm, so, sure. So Mosey and I are good friends. Um, Isn't he fighting bare knuckle fights? Now? Yes, psycho. Dude, they're doing a big bare knuckle card. Have you seen this? Mendez bare knuckle is card? doing it too. Luke Rockhold is fighting Mike Perry. I'm like, holy wow. shit! And Chad, who's Chad Mendez fighting? He's fighting someone really good too. Pull, pull it up. It's on my Instagram. No, it's not. It's on Luke Rockhold's Instagram. It's a wild, wild card. It's like they're getting like real MMA stars. Like Luke Rockhold's a star. Like having Hell Luke yeah. Rockhold. Well, Chad, over. Chad's a star. Yep. Man. Dude's... That's right. He's fighting Eddie Alvarez. That's yeah. right. Whew. That's crazy. That's a crazy fight. Also, Ben Rothwell. But Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold, that is a wild I wonder, what the, fight. I wonder what the money's like in these fights. Must be giving them big money because be. Luke Rockhold makes a lot of money in the UFC, but. He said it was way more than he made in the UFC. So I assume Luke Rockhold makes a lot of money in the UFC. I shouldn't say that. I don't know how much he actually gets paid. I'm sure it's a. He was the champion. Yeah. You know, at one point in time, I mean, Luke Rockhold in his prime was a motherfucker. I man. know. He was fucking good. He was fun to watch too. It's kind of interesting seeing Francis that, comment on it. He'd be. This an is dope. Oh my to god. <laughs> oh well. Oh. I know they've <laughs> given uh, they've they've given conversations to him. Or they've had conversations with him, I should say. So has Bellator. So has uh, a lot of these places. Who would fight him bare knuckles? Some person who wants to get punched in the face. <laughs> some person who wants to get bare knuckles. It's got to be somebody. If they come up with enough money, there's dudes out there that would do it. That, I mean, dude, fighting bare knuckle, your face is going to get fucked up. Like Your face gets fucked up. They have gnarly cuts. A lot of these they guys. Have scars and shit yeah, all over their face. All over their yeah. face. You, you're getting cut a lot. It's just that bone. But my thought was like, that's how MMA should be. MMA really shouldn't have gloves on. I, I think like, so too. Because I, I was they... like, you you really have a you have a false sense of confidence of what you could do with your fists. Because this is not really designed for punching things. No, designed for grabbing things. Grabbing, yeah. Yeah, elbows are way better for striking, and knees and kicks are way better for striking. But your hands break so easy. But when you wrap them up in gloves and then put a foam pad over them, then you could yeah, throw like a soccer throw hands at out people. there. Fucking, it's weird because it's the only thing in your whole weapons arsenal that you're you're allowed to cover up with padding and make more effective. You you don't do that with your elbows. You don't do that with your knees. Which would make more shins. sense to do yeah. with your elbows. Like if you're going to try to protect somebody, 
Yeah. But that, it, that's a, the wrapping of your hands and everything. That's to protect your own fist. It protects your own fist. But it does allow you to hit harder, too, because you, you could be more indiscriminate with yeah. your punches. I think these uh, – didn't the cage fighting start without mm-hmm. – they started without them. And yep. zero weight classes, too. Yep. That was fucking wild. Yep. You got oh. the clip of the, the little dude with the fucking giant – Which little, little dude? One of the first fights that Hoist they ever Gracie? had. I don't think – was it Hoist? Who did he fight? It wasn't a guy in a gi, though. No. There's, there was a lot of those mismatches in terms of size-wise. There's Keith Hackney. He fought uh, Emmanuel Yarbrough. Emmanuel Yarbrough was a sumo wrestler who was like f- fucking 350, 400 pounds. I mean, how big this is Emmanuel? Is the, yeah. and then 200 versus 600, but I don't know 600. if that's right. Well, they, they lied a little yeah. bit. But Keith There's Hackney no was probably about 200. So Keith Hackney's, a, I believe he's a karate guy. That's and him? He came out, that's Keith Hackney. And the size difference is fucking crazy. When you see it, when they're actually going after each other. So Emmanuel Yarbrough is walking towards him. Look how small Keith Hackney is. Yeah. He's so much smaller. But he hit him with, like, basically like a bitch slap. Bow. Look at that. Bow. Oh, shit. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, imagine that guy being on top of you. That's a big slip up right there. Yeah, he fucked up. So he, give, he gets back up to his feet, uh. and he cracks him again and again. You don't want to lose to a guy that's that much smaller than you. But how much time can Emmanuel do this? Oh, for? he threw oh, he him out right the, through the cage. He went right through the cage. See, but Emmanuel's already exhausted. To be that fat, I mean, he's so overweight. There's no way he can maintain. This is wild. Keith Hackney just has to kind of survive past that first 30 seconds. I mean, I don't even know what kind of training Emmanuel did for this. He might have just he was a he was a sumo guy. He's Look, he's just gum. walking him he's down. Chewing gum. Yeah, it does look like he's chewing gum. Oh, you see him try to hit him, man? He's chewing gum. Yeah, look, he's chewing Is that gum. his mouthpiece or is it gum? He's chewing gum. It seems like gum. It's the smallest mouthpiece of all time. Keith Hackney had another fight where uh, he fought this guy, Joson, and Joson got him in a headlock, and Keith Hackney punched him in the balls over and oh. over again. Oh, he drops him with the punches. That's it. That is crazy. It's crazy to watch. That's why, that. I mean, there's a reason why he's hitting him with his fist yeah. like that because it hurts to fucking punch somebody in the head. Yeah, I mean, he's breaking his hand for sure here. If not for sure, it's definitely a high probability. Like that, those punches, he's doing like ridge hands. Like, see, he just looked at his hand like, holy shit. I don't know if they stopped or if they kept, yeah, they stopped it. Jesus. The early days. Dude, he's just standing there fucking yeah. whacking him. Really should have kicked him. But the early days, those days were just, it was a different world. Like, no one knew what worked or what didn't work. It yeah. was all just, like, people had these crazy ideas about kung fu and <laughs> death touches and all that shit went out the window. Death touch. <laughs> yeah. There's some people that still believe in that, man. If you go to uh, McDojo, uh, dot com, McDojo on uh, Instagram, he's always got these people on that are, like, doing fake martial arts and death touch and people fall down. That's and- the dumbest fucking... So people still believe in it, which is wild. So what is this guy doing? He just touches him on his neck, and the guy falls over. See, this seems like they might be playing. There's no fucking way that that's real. Come on, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think some of them it's people just <laughs> fucking around, but some of them are like this. Like these guys are just they're just delusional. Like, this guy really believes that this would work. <laughs> Look, he just steps inside. So easy. Like, the other guy just is frozen. Look at this. It's hilarious. 
<laughs> he chopped he him just, in a low back. He gave him a little lumbar chop. <laughs> you know, the old lumbar chop. It's a deadly move. He just put his hand in his face. Oh, dude, dude this is... uh, up until 1993, those people were everywhere. No one knew what was real and what was fake. I mean, they do it at churches. Yeah, right? right? Speaking tongues and, yeah. You see the guy that says he's not gay anymore? Have you seen that one? Uh, I'm not gay no more. I don't like men's I no more. I am delivered. <laughs> shit he starts dancing. Crazy. And then all these guys like dance with him. And they all, it's like, it's so homoerotic. It's so strange. <laughs> the whole thing is so strange. It blows gay my conversion mind. is so, the strangest thing. And they like throw their fucking yeah. their suit coat over somebody. <laughs> like a whole crowd of people fall over. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Those people that speak in tongues, I always wonder, like, are they faking it? Are they just, like, just like in a trance? Like, what is that? I always wow. wonder. Like, some of them are faking it, for sure. Just like with the past, past live regressions, well, people some of are, them are probably People are it. so easily manipulated. Yeah. Man, like, I mean, my, if my three-year-old can fucking manipulate me, and it, my three-year-old <laughs> daughter manipulates me all the time. Like, I, I'm like, well, I guess she can't go to school. She has a tummy ache. Yeah. Because they, Daddy, my tummy hurts. I can't go to school today. I'm like, okay, whatever you need. Yeah, my kids. Always my wife's go like, to don't me. fall for it. They always go to me. I'm the softy. Yeah, me too. I, my wife's like, she's always telling me. She's like, I'm like, what's the big difference? One day, stay home. No, make them go. No, make they them have go. to go. I'm like, they no. gotta go to school. Toughen them up. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Toughen them. Like, I'm a girl. You're a girl dad too. Yeah. You know what it's like to have girls. So like, I have a teenage daughter, and then I have a three year old. So it's like I have like, the teenager is like this super genius. 4.2 GPA honor student in all of college prep classes. Wow. Right? And then Roxy is like this crazy... Roxy's my youngest. Tatum's the oldest. And Roxy is like this crazy athlete already that wants to hunt with that. She wants to hunt so bad. So I take her... At three years old, I take her out into the elk woods. Wow. And I'll get her up close to like 20, 30 yards from an elk. Whoa. And we'll sneak up on them. That's awesome. And she's like figuring it out already how to like maneuver through the woods and how to look at tracks. Like, every, but to her, every track is a bear track now. <laughs> like, we're up there, right? You gotta think we're at 10,400 feet. There's fucking black bear and bobcats yeah. and mountain lions and shit everywhere. Like, we found a mountain lion kill and I told her about that. And she's like, now she won't walk through the woods without a stick because she, she thinks that stick's gonna protect her from the mountain. Wow. Lion. But I have a pistol on my fucking hip. You know, like, right. we don't walk around up there without a gun. No, I wouldn't imagine you Not would with these want fucking to. giant lions and bears running around. <sighs> You just walk up into the wrong, walk, turn, turn the wrong corner out there, and you fucking come across a mom, a, a sow and her cubs. Yeah, and she'll fucking kill you. you yeah, know? not good. And I keep, I make sure she's stand. Roxy is always standing like right in front of me, like I'm so I'm walk, or she's walk, like I'm walking right here, so that nothing mm -hmm. can get to her without me seeing it or hitting me first. You know, right? So she can get away if she has to. That's a wild experience for a little girl. She loves it. That's awesome. She loves. It. I'm like, you want to go on a hike? Yeah. She's like, should wow. I, she always say, I have, she has like a little bow and I'm like, she's like, should I, should, she's like, should I bring my bow? And I'm like, sure, bring your fucking bow, whatever. That's awesome. You know, it's not going to kill anything, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> but she's into it. Like she really wants to, and at night when I tell, I, at, my wife says she's doing it cause she's manipulating me to stay up longer, but she'll like, I'll, <laughs> I'll read her. I read her five books a night. I read her five books and then sing her songs and then tell her, and she wants to hear stories about hunting, so she wants to hear my hunting stories. She'll be like, oh, tell wow. me about. The, she'll be like, tell me about the wild cat. And I'll wow. tell her like in detail, not like this, you know, the sick details, but like I'll end it with a. And then Daddy got up on the hill, and I pulled my bow back and whack, and then she starts laughing, loves it. Wow! Like she's like, yeah. She's like, all right, tell me about the elk. Tell me about the bear. Wow! Tell me about the deer. You know, she wants to hear them all. That's tell me about really when you cool. played football. She'll say, tell me about when you played football. So she wants to hear, like, what I did in football. And I'm like, well, I tackled people. She's like, why? I'm like, because they had the football. And she's like, oh. Mm. 
but she's wow. like so crazy advanced at that, at that age already as far as like doing math right doing simple math already at three years old like blows my mind it's hard to tell people that don't have children what it's like it's this very strange feeling the love that you have for those people That's these crazy. little people it's 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 transformative. Dave Chappelle once said to me, he goes, "It didn't just change how much love I have. He goes, it changed my capacity for love." Yeah, yeah, it's a great way to put it. It is. Yeah, it's the, a life changing thing. Just like, like for me, it was that unconditional, mm-hmm. that unconditional love, man. It was just yeah. Like, and for you, with your insane background in your childhood, to be able to provide a, a great background for your kids. It's important to me. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. And that's the, I was like I said, the best decision I ever made in my life was marrying who I married. I married right. I did it did it the right way. And it's the way we met, you would think it's going to fail for sure. I was fucking <laughs> we just won a Super Bowl and I go to Vegas and I'm fucking on a bender. On <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a fucking bender like doing shit I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and walk into this fucking club, the Tao nightclub. You know, I, you know, you know, Tao yeah. the restaurant. Everything? Sure. So she was our our waitress for the fucking table service because we ate dinner and then we walked in there and I was fucking, you know, fucking, mm. <laughs> I got a fucking thousand dollar or hundred thousand dollar fucking chain on, hundred thousand dollar fucking Audemars bust down AP on my wrist. Look at like a fucking kid. That's what she said. She was like, he looks like Kid Rock. <laughs> She's like, I walk in there and I, I look, I'm carrying a bottle of Don Julio 1942, fucking drinking straight out of the bottle and walking wow. in there and fucking got, I got a big bracelet, crazy fucking diamond bracelet on, you know, <laughs> fucking stupid, stupid, dumb waste of money. Like an idiot. What is the first dumb thing you bought? The first dumb thing I bought? Uh, like right when you get signed, right, right when, when I signed the, my the big contract box. Yeah. Yeah. I bought $300, $300,000 worth of jewelry, like an idiot. <laughs> That I can never get the money back for. It's just fucking dead. <laughs> I had to make six hundred to pay, to do that. I had to make six hundred thousand to pay for that three hundred. So I fucking got six hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry. I'll never get the money out. Is that a standard thing among uh, guys in the NFL? That- I, I played defensive line, and a white guy on the defensive line is usually not like it's not normal, right? So like, that's just the culture I was in. Mm. So I thought it was fucking. I was always. I was, my whole life I spent trying to just fit in where I could, you know, mm-hmm. and like. It wasn't until I like retired where I was able to find out who I really was, you know. Mm, like, who am I really? Because I've my whole life I've been trying to fake it because I didn't want to be that. I've been trying to be somebody, somebody else, trying mm. to discover this other person because I didn't want to be who you were, who I was, who, yeah. which was poor white trash. Right. So I've been trying to run from that. So I've almost embraced that that white trash side of me, you know. But you know, how it's important. It's so important for a guy like you to tell this story. Because there's got to be some kid listening somewhere there that's is. living a similar life and there realizes the there's a way out of this tunnel. Dude, my hometown is right next door to East Palestine. Whoa. That's my home. Those are my people. Holy shit. That's where I grew up was right there. East Palestine was fucking right there. It's not like, I'm not talking about like 20 minutes away. I'm talking about like five minutes away. Like, you, are you talking to people from there? Yeah. So before Trump went there, actually- um, I was I had I was trying to do something to get water to them, and then I found out Trump was going to give them water. And I was like, all right, I'll just look. cool, you know. I don't need the fucking spotlight; he can have it, <laughs> you know. But it is that's my those are my people. What is it like it's on bad. the ground? There? They can't fucking they're fucking coughing up blood. They for a while they had zero drinking water for a while for like a couple weeks, you know. It was 
And they can't get out of there. Most of those people are poor. Dude, the average income is like 15000 a year, 16000 a year. <sighs> Everybody's poor. That, I mean, everybody was steel workers. They, the steel mills closed down. All the factories closed down. Lordstown was a big factory there. There's a big... Uh, so now there, there are power plants. So there's three power plants down there, too. So that's fucking... Might be another reason why I'm so fucked. Mm. <laughs> drinking power plant water. <laughs> Ohio River. <laughs> swimming in the Ohio River, and there's fucking catfish the size of cars in there. Like, <laughs> well, that's normal. I guess I'll jump in here. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Fuck. You know, it's just crazy, you know? Like, my mom will tell me stories about, like, when I was a baby that she would use, uh, she's like, I used to, I used to take rum and rub it on your gums. That, that's how I fucking got you to settle down. I'm like, Jesus Christ. What? She's like, yeah, I mean, I've would, heard of people doing that to their kids before back in the day. Yeah, but like, not now. <laughs> like, now, like from, ni- from the 19, 19- we knew the in the 90s. We knew in the fucking 90s you shouldn't give, mm, you yeah. shouldn't even be smoking when you're pregnant. Yeah. She's fucking doing blow, fucking drinking. Oh, man. I came out all right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You came out more than all right. And I, I really do. I really think it's so important the way you, you're so honest and you tell your story because. There's people out there that need to hear that, man. They, there's people that think they're fucked and they're always going to be fucked. Well, sometimes I get um, I get nervous to talk about it because it makes people uncomfortable. But fuck them. Like I'm here. To, I'm not here to like. It's be, not for them. Yeah, it's, it's not, not. If not it makes you uncomfortable, it's not for you. Then just don't listen to don't it. Don't listen. Because, but yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take. I'm gonna take the opportunity to tell my story because there's gonna be a kid watching this. And there's going to be a kid that listens to this podcast, and he's going to be like, you know what, man? I can fucking do it, right? Yeah. And that might save his life. Because you know what? When I was fucking 10, 11 years old, I used to fuck. I, I put shotguns in my mouth because I wanted to end my life. I wanted to fucking be done. I was like, this is fucking miserable existence. I hate it. And I just wanted to end it. But I didn't, and I kept fucking going. And I kept pushing. Get to the next day. Get to the next day. Survive. And then you survive long enough, and then you can learn how to thrive. And then once you start thriving in life... Everything's fucking different. Everything. And I didn't realize that until my wife came in my life. She was like, why are you so fucking negative all the time? And I was like, because I expect the worst to happen. That is what I'm used to. The worst that can happen is probably going to happen. Like, oh, I'm going to make it to the NFL and then I'm going to get fucking paralyzed and almost die. And almost ruin my career before it even gets started. But no, that's not the way to look at things. And she changed that for me. You know, I had fucking, when she came into my life, I had fucking people taking advantage of me. My best friends, people I thought were my family, taking fucking advantage of me, dude. Forging checks, doing all kinds of other bullshit. I never actually oh. lost the money, but it, I was able to recover it. But you lost the friendships. But I lost all those friendships, all of them. Everybody. And they were all fucking, they were all like, why would you fucking marry this girl from Vegas? Like making a big deal about it. And I was like, because she's onto your bullshit. That's why you fucking don't want her here. She's on so you guys had a bullshit. bunch of people being parasites and glom. Dude, she, she saved my life probably. It was so only a matter of time. Because guess what? Man. I would have been fucking. It, it, my life could have turned out so much different, so many different times. Like, that's why life is all about making the right choice at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to come. Like, if it feels like it's a big, important decision in your life, take it serious and make, it, make a rational decision. Don't just make an emotional decision in that moment. Like, think about it before you fucking do anything. Because yeah. there's a lot of times in my life where I. Like, I I didn't think about it, and I just did it, and I fucking paid the price. Like, fucking paid the price, and luckily I, luckily I ended up on top. 
but like, and I'm still climbing, you know, I'm still fucking. You're going. still cl- you're still a young guy. I'm I'm just really glad that you uh, explained your story the way you do, man. It's uh, it's really important, and to see you come out of this and thrive, it's it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, it's I mean, awesome. I'm, I I just these kids are dude. These kids got social media now. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine growing up with that shit? I can't imagine. There, it's a totally new kind of even adversity. having a cell phone, right? I yeah. didn't get a cell phone until I got to college. Like it's yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, like my do- when we were kids, we think about it. when we were kids and you wanted to hang out with the kids in, in the neighborhood. You just fucking went to their house. Yep, and knocked on the door and door knocked until one of them was fucking home, or was allowed to come play. Nowadays they had to fucking text message each other and. Well, I don't know. I don't want to text too much and be weird. I'm like, what the fuck? I used to fucking stalker call somebody's house till they answered it. <laughs> fucking ring, ring all day long. Yeah. And uh, hey, can Johnny come play? No, they'll Qu- never quit calling. That. It's interesting that you grew up that way. That all all of us grew up that way. And then kids today will never understand that. They'll no. never know that. Well, but- I lived on. I was that's how I would like go to my their house and just like ask if I could spend. I knew it, and then I, like I didn't want to go home because it was. I knew it was going to happen there. So I would just like go to f- go from friend. I'd be gone for like a month. Wow. Just staying from house to house and sleeping on couches and shit just because and just making it seem like I was, you know, because, you know, because I knew that I was going to get fed. I knew that I was going to um, not get fucking beat up. <laughs> you know, yeah. I knew that I was going to have a shower like that. All that stuff was important to me. Like I was like, I want to. And then I'd go to school. You know, my mom taught me how to fucking. I'm about to admit to stealing. I used to steal my clothes to get for school. Like that's how I, she taught me how to do that. Wow. Like you wear a bigger shirt, put a fucking smaller shirt underneath of it oh. that fits you and then fucking walk out. And I'd be like, wow. okay. She taught me how to do that at a young age, you know, but that's just like, that's what she grew up around. That's Survival. what she, that was fucking, that was it, man. It's that yeah. tri-state area that West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, where it all meets. Yeah. It's a fucked up place. It is a fucked up place. It's it's the heroin fucking highway. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everybody's on heroin now. Not mm-hmm. everybody, you know. Just Oxycontin Express. Yep. Yeah. Now fentanyl moves in. It's a fucked up place, man. Well, Derek, we just did three hours, believe it or not. I could go for another. That three. was a lot of fun. That was fun, man. It was really fun, and and thank you again. And I really do appreciate the way you tell your story because I I really do think it's important. And I I know there's guys out here, all kinds of people out there that listen to that and realize like. It's possible. It's yeah. possible to get through the lowest points and, and come and out have of an it. awesome life. Yeah, there's always an. A, I always see it as the it's the coward's way out. You don't want to fucking keep going, so you just give up. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna give up. Never will. It's not in my. It's not in me. I don't know what that feels like anymore. Good for you, and for everybody who's listening, listen to what he's saying. There's 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 a way out of everything. Always, you can, you can have a better life. All right, thanks, brother. Yep, Appreciate thank you, man. You. It was a lot of fun. Bye, everybody.